episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, back with you back for another episode of Roach Coach, creating this new metal canon one album at a time. This week, we're talking about the comeback kids, the boys. They're back. They're back. They're touring. They're all over the world this summer, and it felt the perfect time to talk about their fourth album, The New Game. And uh, it's Mudvayne. I think, I think I said that. It's Mudvayne. <laughs> and uh, we felt there was only one person to have on to talk about this band. And that is a longtime friend of the show, listener, and member of the band Fake Shark. It's Kevin. Kevin. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Our pleasure. Kevin. Pleasure to have you on. Kevy, you have, you know, you've been DMing us. You've been in our comments for many, many years. You've been repping the roach in your music videos, which, my Lord, I mean, still the pleasure. Thank you. Just to see that. Incredible. Talk to us a little bit. Fake Shark, not a new metal band, which is fine. But what's your uh, new metal experience? Well, first of all, let me just tell you something. My band, Fake Shark, uh, we tour quite a bit. Oftentimes it's in a van and we do listen to Roach Coach a lot. Like the band is very familiar with the episodes. We'll quote it here and there. We just finished a tour. The last date, Lewis, the guitar player, wore a Roach Coach shirt on stage for the final date. Oh my gosh. Like we we love it. There's like three podcasts we listen to. They're comedy ones. We love Kill Tony, Bonfire, and then Roach Coach. It's like we love, we love your show. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, we're not new metal, but I think we're kind of like all kind of influenced, whether we want to like admit it or not. Like Lewis and I went to high school together. And when we were in high school, I was like the guy with the slipknot shirt and he was the Weezer guy. And so by law, we couldn't actually be friends until after high school <laughs> when we both got into Yaya's and block party. That's, that's the, that's sort of how that happens. That's how that works. <laughs> there it is. Um, I love it. I loved new metal, but like, I loved it before it really had a name, I think. Like, I was a big Corn guy um, and, and the first Limp Biscuit album, and I loved it a lot. And I really, really loved Mudvayne, actually. So this is, like, perfect. Like, I saw Mudvayne at Tattoo the Earth before they had an album, and I didn't know who they were. It was just, like, from my vantage point, it was just, like, a bunch of guys with clown makeup on. And I was like, I'm in. I don't even know what this is. I'm in the guitar player's got spikes on his face it's it's great and then they threw out cassettes and i still have the mudvayne cassette which had which had dig and nothing to gain on it but i didn't have a cassette player so i just walked around with the cassette and waited for the cd to come out ld50 which became like one of my favorite albums when it came out so this is perfect to have me here Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure, Kevin. Thank you so much. Yeah, so yeah, we are talking about Mudvayne's fourth record, The New Game. And yeah. the thing that we had noticed, and something I think I had said on a recent episode, Matt, was that Mudvayne, there was some talk when they did their comeback. A couple people were like, Mudvayne? Really? But the thing that I was thinking about, especially having covered their previous three, is that Mudvayne is just legit good. Yeah. Like they're just yeah. a good-ass band, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's funny that Chad has spent, it feels like, most of his musical career in Hell Yeah and not Mudvayne, which feels like a real waste of his talents, for lack of a better word. You know? Interesting. And, like, I know, and we talked about when we did the Hell Yeah episode, that the purpose of Hell Yeah to get Vinnie Paul back behind the kit to have him embrace his legacy as one of the great metal drummers worthwhile. 
But at the same time, I mean, I haven't heard all the Hell Yeah albums, but I don't think any of the Hell Yeah albums are as good as any of the Mudvayne albums, you know? Mm. So, yeah. but, you know, that's how it goes, you know? I mean, Corey Taylor keeps making solo records and <laughs> stuff, so, I mean, we all, we're all out Oof. there. We're all out there scratching the itch. Is this more putting food on your family? Well, you know, I feel like he was putting food in his family in Mudvayne, right? But, I, I think... mean, there's... There's some things that I noticed doing the research and the notes for this album, especially watching the videos for this album, that may be like the tip of, the, you know, I see the tipping point of why Mudvayne ended up going on hiatus or breaking up or whatever for an extended period of time. So the new game, album number four, these boys are coming off a hit, lost and found, big old hit, biggest record, which surprised us then, still surprises us now. Uh, Every time I hear it, I'm like, wasn't LD50? It's like, oh no. No. They only they just kept going up. Uh, the new game came out November 18th, 2008. So in the chronology, this would be a come down record. Yes. Because anything post oh, yeah. 2001, September 11th, 2001, is come down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kevy, do you want to tell us who's in Mudvayne on this album? Oh, sure. So I have the Wikipedia open. I could probably do it from memory, though. Chad Gray. Uh, wait, are they, were they still going by their their crazy names at this point? No, they are off crazy so. names. They're off okay. crazy names. So he's no longer Spag. <laughs> no, <laughs> Chud, right? Right, yeah, he was Chud, uh, yeah. Chad Gray uh, on vocals. Matthew McDonough. McDonough? Is that how you said? On drums. Greg Trebet on guitars and Ryan Martini on bass, who for my money, best bass player in new metal, Ryan Martini. He is phenomenal. I've watched, I have watched yeah. YouTube clips of him doing bass clinics yeah. and his technique is yeah. perfection. It is like, holy yeah. shit, this guy could play. Anytime a guy has his bass that high, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It may not look really cool. It may not look as cool as like, you know, who at Fieldy or something, but he, you know, he's going to be able to play. There's a reason it's that high. There's a reason it's Tom Morello height. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's getting intimate. With he's it, got it at for sure. technical height. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Fieldy exactly. has it as like at like fret ra- rattle height. <laughs> well, he only needs four frets. I'm just kidding. I fucking love corn. I'm sorry. I said that. <laughs> The fifth one is for looks. <laughs> and you know, and something I think maybe a signature sound. Might be it's part of the signature one. sound. It might be. Interesting. 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 Well, you know that um Ryan Martini filled in for corn when when Fieldy was sick at a massive Brazilian festival. And uh and it was interesting because I saw an interview with him where he he said he realized quickly he can't act in corn like he did with Mudvayne, where he's like you know, he's like the ferret of new metal. He's like all over the stage. He's up your leg. He's all over the place. In corn, you stay in your zone and you you rock out. You know what I mean? It's more theatrical that way, I suppose. More dramatic. I, it is yeah, funny to think. It's oh, very much Jonathan's the star, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He's got the bitch. He's doing the whole thing. He's wearing yeah, the kilt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, yeah, I would say that Mudvayne has a very, like their stage show and their stage picture kind of is yeah. like a little more chaotic a little more like have you guys ever seen them live mudvayne yeah no i watched I've the seen... youtube clips from ld50's record okay. release yeah. which is wild dude 
I have a story. I saw them on that tour, but when they came to Canada, they were opening for Disturbed, who I hated. And so I got to see them. They played this place in Vancouver called the Croatian Cultural Center, which is actually a place where usually uh, Christians would rent to play hockey in. It was like such a weird place and they were doing concerts there for a little while first place i ever as a teenager went to the bathroom saw a syringe on the ground that was crazy mm. so did so the the lineup was spine shank uh mudvane and then disturbed spine shank didn't make it across the border so they had a local opener called Flybanger open okay i think you yeah. one of their albums we did, we, did. we did wow dude vancouver royalty that's <laughs> awesome so mudvane come out LD50's the the record. I'm there for them. Don't care about Disturbed. They start the, with a song called Minus One, I think it is. Like, it was off the LD50. They go into it. They get to the chorus. Gets heavy. Power goes out. And then everyone's like, oh. Like, and then, so everyone waits in the dark. The band just stayed on the stage in the dark and didn't say anything or do anything. Comes back on. Uh, Chud says, let's try that again, motherfuckers. Let's do it. We're like, yeah. Love that. Start the song again. Same thing happens. They all smash their instruments. Left. I'm left with Disturbed. That was that show. Oh. Wow. Wait, do you guys like Disturbed? I can't remember. Um, I, I do love, not. Matt does not. <laughs> Matt does not. I love the sickness, and I love Device, and everything after the sickness is kind of like real mixed bag to know. Um, yeah. but I'm always going to go back. I've got them all. I, I have most of them. I don't say I, I don't have, I don't have the one, I don't have the last two disturbed records, but I've okay. got just about all the other ones. And, um, and you call yourself a fan. <laughs> I know. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. I just My, I need the guy to do more weird stuff in front of crowds. <laughs> So, yeah. I first of all, I love that John Collin from POD Cast is blocked by Dave Drainman. That's hilarious. And then secondly, the bass player in Fake Shark, my band, out of nowhere, offhanded comment, super accurate, made me laugh. He's like, disturbed reggae new metal. That is exactly what disturbed is. That's whoa, hilarious. Whoa. Take that, Lauren, you oh reggae fan. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing reggae about dropping plates, man. Let me tell you. Pick it up, pick Dave it up. Draymond, Dave Draymond does look like the bass player in a white reggae band with that little soul patch, though. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. Listen, it's slapping the bass. I'm not, I'm not about to defend David Draymond. I mean, like, that's the, yeah. That's oh, the God. What if you, this whole show just turned into you being an, a Draymond apologist? Oh, God. I don't need that. I mean, right now, well, he just discovered weed. I don't know if you heard. So, you know. Of course he did. <laughs> right. You he know, is, he's, he's one trip to Jamaica away from that full on disturbed reggae album you were waiting for. Uh yeah, well I mean it's like when uh, what was it uh Snoop Dogg went to Jamaica and, oh, yeah. and he became Snoop Lion. Lion. So then yeah. uh David Draymond will have to go and he'll become, you know, David Tiger or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something like yeah. that. Um Draymond Selassie. Uh that that strikes me as more likely. <laughs> Definitely more likely. Yeah. He would put himself at that height. Like, oh no, like it's Ja and then me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. um, hr is like i want no part of this yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um back to the new game oh okay the album. Uh, Sorry. yes Sorry. so this album debuted and peaked at number 15 on the billboard 200 selling 48,000 copies in his first week and as of august 2009 more than 215,000 copies in the united states so not a hit 
but not quite a miss from oh. what I can tell. Um, producer on this album, Dave Fortman. Um, Dave Fortman, um, he has a selected discography on his Wikipedia. Um, he did Lost and Found with Mudvayne. So basically, they after that record, they were like, let's just get Fortman back in the booth. Let's just do it up again. He's our guy. Uh, other albums he's worked on, Slipknot, All Hope is Gone. Godsmack the Oracle, Godsmack a hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, Godsmack a thousand horsepower, Godsmack's lighting up the sky. He was just the mixer on that one. That's the new and apparently final Godsmack album that's set to come out this year. Um, he also did the Open Door with Evanescence. He did Simple Plan self titled album, and he did Boy Sets Fire, Tomorrow Come Today. That's his selected discography. Those are the ones he wants you to know about. So, something of a new metal lifer in Fortman. Genre tags here. Kevin, what do we got for genre tags? So, we got alternative metal, new metal, and hard rock. Ooh. Okay. That hard rock is a little scary. A little scary, Matt. Yes. I Why is it scary, Matt? Because it's like butt rock territory? Yeah, because it's like hard rock is like what my dad hears when he hears, uh, you know, grand funk playing and he claps his hand he's like can i get a witness <laughs> like that's hard rock to me yeah so that's a yeah. that's a little scary alternative metal sure new metal gotcha hard rock do we, do we know if mudvayne are okay with being considered new metal have we ever heard anything about if they are are for it or against it or anything? I don't think we've ever come across anything in any e interviews where they've been asked about it either way. It's not something that I think is generally part of their storyline as far as like rejecting or accepting the um, right. the label. Right. Even though, if I'm correct, the the combo review of LD50 plus soulfly's second record plus disturbs the sickness in rolling stone is where like the new metal tag originated or at least oh. or at least was popularized i think it came out of that really? um that. yeah i think we talked about that like seven years ago um <laughs> and then uh but then i think also there's there's the conflicting storyline of um the guy from why am i blanking des in cold chamber saying that right. he's like coined it or he knows who coined it initially so you know, right. but that's also something that people aren't eager to claim. So, I like the uh, on the Wikipedia for recording and production. It said that they had started to work on this album mid two thousand seven, but then they had to put it on hold so that Chad and uh, Greg Tribbett could uh, tour with Hell Yeah. And mm -hmm. then at the completion of that tour, they reunited and they began recording. It says having completed the tracking of the drums and guitars as well as the recording of the bass and vocals, the band announced that the mastering stages were scheduled for completion on October first, two thousand eight. I don't know why that seems like a lot of a lot of sentence, a lot of sentence padding there, because that's really like saying after putting on my socks and shoes and shirt and pants, I then left the house for work. Like we know. We know you don't. We don't need you, to get that down. These are the steps you have to take. You have to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you completed the tracking of the drums and guitars, as well as recording of the bass and the vocals. You don't say <laughs> for a rock band. For rock band, interesting, oh, interesting, <laughs> interesting mode. You guys did that during the recording phase. Fortman revealed to MTV the tentative title, the new game, adding that the band planned to release a second full-length record six months after its release. Which I think is partially true. They did a self-titled record that came out shortly after this one that I guess was recorded 
around the same time. They, of course, since this was a 2008 record, they were uploading songs to their MySpace profile to get people excited. But let's talk about the reception of this album. According to Wikipedia, it received mixed reviews from critics, earning a rating of 50 out of 100 on Metacritic. But the reviews that they link to, All Music gave it 2.5 out of 5, The LA Times gave it 1 out of 5, Rolling Stone gave it 2 out of 5, and Sputnik Music gave it a 1 out of 5. Not strong. That is not good. So in music at this time, I guess in broad music, not just in metal, I mean, this is the year of the Carter 3, guys. This is this is the Carter 3, mm-hmm. In Ghost Colors, Cut Copy. Yes. 808s and Heartbreaks. Uh, Death Magnetic from Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, this is I Am Sasha Fierce. Uh, this is also the year of Flo Rida's Low with T-Pain. Crazy. You guys see my little Wayne painting on the wall? I do. That's why I oh, mentioned it. The beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate mm. it. Right next to your American Mary poster. There you go. I did the music for that movie. No shit. I did the music for all the Soska's movies. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. That's all- that's a that's a gnarly film, my friend. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, all hope is gone. Is the other big. Right. Mm-hmm. So some of these reviews, they did manage to find a Billboard review. That said, some of the fierce headbanging that is Mudvayne's stock and trade can still be found in the songs The Hatin' Me, We the People, and Dull Boy, but the bulk of the record finds the group playing its new game with hard-hitting exuberance. Um, All Music gave the album a mixed review and wrote, The problem is Mudvayne's own predilection for predictable, loud, soft, loud set pieces, forgettable melodies, and over-reliance on words like sorrow, rage, abuse, disease, nightmares, and beatings keep things from ever leaving the tarmac. Um, I'm assuming there must have been a plain metaphor earlier in that review that they didn't cite. (laughs) Uh, In the review in Q Magazine... They said this fourth album finds them repeating the nifty trick of simplifying tools, complex musical equations, math metal for dummies, anyone? Oh, boy. Uh, Rolling Stone wrote, Mudvayne writes some decent guitar hooks, check the title track, but their imagination is parched with most songs hewing to one formula, riff, whimper, shriek, repeat. Eey. I mean, that's also my lovemaking technique, right? (laughs) (laughs) Riff, whimper, (laughs) repeat. My wife wife hates it. (laughs) She's like, get that guitar out of here. I'm like, nah, I got to play a distorted G. Got to do it. Um, The LA Times Review this one the album's gooey mid-tempo grind at best evokes system of a down stripped of ambition and eccentricity and might elicit sympathy with whatever culprit is running around that no stoplight town harsh <sighs> la times yeah, grind and grinding the axe for that one my god how about uh, not for me just like <laughs> i don't th- here's the thing though your la times reviewer Somebody rolls in and says, you got to review the new Mudvayne. You can't say not for me because, Matt, you got to put food on your family. He's got to put food on his family. He wants to do 19 by Adele. 
And he's like, all right, fine, I'll do that mud he's anyway. Got, he's got to, yeah. He's like, I'd rather be chasing some pavements, but i got to chase this green, baby. We're doing the standard edition of this album. I know there's a deluxe edition. I know you're yelling at me, Lauren, they did a King of Pain cover. No. <laughs> We're not doing it. I know, nothing more new metal than a cover. Not getting into it. Oh, also, this deluxe edition, I'm going to say it, one of the worst types of deluxe editions. One cover and then nine demos oh man i don't need that nine demos of songs that are (laughs) on the album already no old demos so like the demo of happy the demo of not falling the the um the demo of goodbye the demo of death blooms oh some of these are live a live world so cold a live dig yeah i don't need any of that that is that's the worst kind of all right what is a good deluxe edition I feel I like say? you cannot, in the same year that you release the album, put out a deluxe edition. Oh, yeah. I've, but it, it's, I, we need some B-sides of some original songs on the, mm. on the extended version. Let's say your band had a song on a cool soundtrack that was just yes, for that soundtrack. Yes, yes, Put that song on your, on your mm. extended version. A DVD slash Blu-ray of... Concert yeah, exactly. footage, behind the yeah. scenes, making of the album. I'll even take a remix, remix by somebody I've fucking heard of. That would be great. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like remember how like Corn would release like a single, and then it'd be like a bunch of remixes by. There'd be like a Dave Navarro one, and a Rick Rubin was like, okay, well that's interesting. They're probably not good remixes, but I would like to hear that. That's still better than nine demos of old albums. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm not we'll, buying a deluxe version of this album to hear a yeah. demo version of Dig or a live <laughs> version of Dig. Yeah. Put out the live yeah. album. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I'd say the only times I've I really dealt with like a deluxe edition that I was like worth my while is, well, you know, unless you do a deluxe, although that's still the one that they did this. I want to say this was like a common trend in like 2010 through like 2013 where you could get the standard version or to the deluxe version that would just have more new songs. Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why wouldn't I not why would I not want more new songs from the artist I enjoy? Because <laughs> yeah. Beyonce did that with four. You could get the normal four or get oh, the yeah. deluxe four. And the deluxe four had all these really great songs on it. And it's yeah. like gone now. And yeah, yeah. Don't even get me into this whole four don't deluxe. I mean, don't, don't get me started. started. You started. Um, I have a physical copy of this album, you guys. Holy and, shit. Uh, I got it off of eBay from Second Sale for a sweet $5.04. Oh, good deal. And um, there's a bit of a storyline with this album. Okay? So apparently, and I dug into this to see if I could find it, but apparently there was at some point some sort of interactive crime scene storyline built Ooh. into this. And in the liner notes, they have a list of suspects and this whole deal. And then under the CD case itself is an actual, like, sort of script. Now, when I open the CD up, I want to say, second sale, they sent me a pristine album. Everything was perfect. It was like it was brand new. Like, I couldn't believe it. Maybe listen to once, maybe never listen to. But under that CD was one of those fucking security tags. Hate (laughs) them. Blocking the text. And one time... We were doing a show all together, you, me, Matt, and Jenny. Um, and oh, I, had I will a CD. crack them open and take them Matt, off. You cracked it open, pulled it out of there, put it back together, and I was like, "Wow!" And so I tried to do that last night 
And um, guys, <laughs> you broke that jewel case so bad. I tell you, there are shards of plastic all around this apartment now. Um, so this is what I'm dealing with here. If you can see things just oh, did not no. go well there. That just shattered. Um, no. But but I got to the text. Okay, it's there. So I wanted to say, second sale did me right, and then I yeah. did you, know, it's you like, wrong. So yes, yeah, so there is a storyline in these liner notes. Um, I also want to say, um, unlike so the let last... me get this straight. Yeah. Did they have like an augmented reality game that went along with it? That's like... what I could tell. You could go to mudvane.com and you could take part in figuring out who killed who. Spag. All spag. <laughs> so you have a list of suspects, okay? And they really did the work on this, by the way. Um, also, I will say the font for the lyrics super tiny hurts my eyes the the uh the liner notes for like the suspects very easy to read um your suspects andy your best friend's weed dealer though recently he hasn't been around much as you all suspect he started dating reba which means he has no time for anyone else brian local drunk and a bully has had several clashes with your best friend at tweaks who knows what he might do when he blacks out Gotta tell you, anyone's—I believe anyone could be a suspect here. Sarah, your best friend's girlfriend, pretty and smart, but controlling and hates not getting her way. But you're not sure if she'd kill for it. Mick, a high school football hero whose best days are behind him. To stay looking cool, he lets high school kids into the bar. He collects knives and is known to have a temper. Never good, never good, you guys. Tyler, town weirdo. Claims to talk to God through whiskey and talks to him a lot since that's all he'll drink. Known to be violent and often appears out of nowhere ranting and raving. Um, I love the idea that these guys were like, all right, we got to follow up our hit album with the new metal mist. That's what we've got to do. Well, <laughs> it is an interesting marketing strategy to do like a film noir style whodunit in your album. When wasn't it one album before they were supposed to be like space aliens or something? Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So now they decided let's go. The, let's get grounded. Let's get real grounded. I'm not done with the suspects, guys. Okay. Misty works at the grocery store. Your friend buys his smokes from. Of Keeps he's- mentioning that he's going to eventually ask her out, but he hasn't gotten up the courage yet. As far as you know, you're pretty sure she's crazy. <laughs> she did it. Okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. Ryan, the richest man in the town, owns the factory and most of Main Street. He loves to show his money off by driving his Porsche way too fast and hiring maids just because no one else in town has enough money to. That is my favorite detail. Was this written by Ryan Martini? (laughs) Ryan, the coolest guy in all the world. Loves to buy maids (laughs) because no one else can afford them. Or were they drunk and they just watched Roadhouse? (laughs) (laughs) like he's brad he's brad wesley uh okay here we go now we get to reba who we've mentioned earlier reba works as a manager at the movie theater your best friend worked there for a few years your best friend claimed to have had a fling with her i like that this puts on your best friend that your best friend could be lying Mm. um tell me uh just briefly off track um cavi as a canadian how are your feelings on the common cliche of my girl, I have a girlfriend, but she lives in Canada. What's the Canadian inverse of that? Do you say I have a girlfriend, but she lives in the United States, or I have a girlfriend, but she lives in 
Alaska? Like, what's what's your line? That's interesting. Maybe maybe no one here has a girlfriend because they're all saying that. Mm. I don't know. But I I I I am like new to that thing being a trope. I I kind of didn't even really know about that. It's interesting. I just heard them using that trope as like a joke on that podcast bonfire, and that's actually how I found out about it. I'd never heard of that before. Oh yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, yeah, that one goes way back. Yeah, girlfriend out of town, girlfriend who lives in Canada. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's just a nice excuse. It's a, it's one- a nice lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Classic lie. You you prove it pre-internet. Yeah, I hope I hope that Sloan writes a song for you, Lauren, called "Canadian Girlfriend." That could mm. just be about lying. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. I would love that. <laughs> Sloan, please do this. Uh, we got a few more suspects left. Aaron, waitress at the diner, very non-specific, has had eyes on your best friend since high school, but he continually turned her down, saying she seemed too eager and it concerned him. I gotta say, your best friend here sounds like a fucking loser. Like, yeah. what are you doing, man? She seemed too yeah. eager. Yeah. Desperate, needy. Okay. Uh, Charlie, fat, sweaty, gross, and always stinks of cigars. Charlie drinks like a fish and hits on everything he can, has been in trouble a few times for hitting on high school girls. Charlie, you're trouble. Mm -hmm. And finally, Tweak. Named that in Vietnam for reasons nobody knows. I think I think we know why. Tweak owns the tavern, but the legendary back room has been the stuff of speculation for years in the town. Your best friend was able to sneak back there a few times, but wouldn't tell you what he experienced. Did he sneak back there with his Canadian girlfriend? What, what are we doing? He He's in Windsor, Ontario right now. <laughs> he's there right now. He's, he's meeting him. So um, you have some pictures of these suspects with their eyes scratched out. You also have pictures of the band with mug shots with their eyes scratched out. I also noticed that there is one nickname still. Tribbit goes by Tribs. So they still uh, used one. to be Gerg. Used to be Gerg, and now he's Tribs. Um, and then there is the entire storyline that is under this, which I think we'll get to as we go through the album. Uh, the last thing I want to mention about this, I did receive an option to join the official Mudvayne fan club. Um, do it. Do it. Do it. I got my code here. Uh, it says the album is the ticket.com. You've got the tracks. Now get even more in the fan club. And this would apparently get me one free year of membership to the official Mudvayne fan club. And then I could possibly win a VIP laminate for life. Whoa! By playing the new game only at mudvane.com. And uh, which I, I went there. It's not there anymore, guys. Um, Who got that? You get to just go to their shows backstage forever? Forever. Just a minute. Here's the thing is I love the idea. Somebody gets this and they're like, oh, man. The Mudvayne tours, they do one other album the next year, and then they're like, we're done. And you're like, <laughs> I'm laminate for life. Can I exchange it for hell yeah? Is that still good? <laughs> uh, so, um, but now, but now, I mean, that reunion happened. That guy was like up. He was ready. He's like, up. Oh. He's still wearing it. Yeah. Still around his neck. It's like all crusty. And he's like, let me go back and see my boys. <laughs> Remember me? I played the new game. <laughs> And I won. I won. The killer was Reba. <laughs> Does it tell you who was the killer? No, it doesn't. I try to go. Wow. Honestly, there's like no, there's no digital footprint for this game. No. Like, Let me I tell thought, you, yeah. this reminds me of, are you too familiar with the Crispin Glover album? He put it out in the late 80s. It, 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 when you open the CD book, I think it was called Clowny Clown Clown. 
when you open the CD book, it was a puzzle. And if you solved it, it gave you his home phone number. This is uh, this all checks out for my boy Crispin. This all checks out. I never out. knew. I don't know if anyone ever solved it. I hope someone called him and had an interesting conversation about Marty McFly or something. Mm, that I, album's amazing, by the way. It's so weird. That was when he went on Letterman, and it's all the YouTube clips are like, he was on acid, and he like kicked near his face. He was just in character as a character from that album. It was like insane promotion. Brilliant. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's funny to think about him as somebody who was always very um, – like he's like, I won't be in Back to the Future too. I'm, yeah. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going to be very out there. I'm doing these crazy projects. We get kicked off of Letterman, and then he's like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be in Charlie's Angels. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I'll be in that. Yeah, let's do it. Also, I will tell you that every attractive woman I know in LA has been DM'd by Crispin Glover. He's like the Crystalia of movies. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Whoa! Oh, my Lord. Heard it here first. Oh, boy. Well, there we go. Okay. Well, um, once again, back to the new game. <laughs> um, uh, one final thing. When asked about the album and what it was going to make it different, um, Dave Fortman said that the album should please listeners but also incorporate a distinct rock and roll sound unheard on previous Mudvayne records. He says it's heavy and has great hooks, but also has some moments that are a little more rock and roll that are really cool. It's not anything drastic, but every now and then you'll catch a little hint of old school rock. Also, the tones are a little more earthy sounding and a little warmer than Lost and Found. I love this entire section. I love all of these quotes. It is all meaningless bullshit. I love it. <laughs> Chad Gray said, the album is not light years away from what we've done in the past, but it's not the same. <laughs> cool. What does the album sound like? It's, it's, you're going to recognize it. Listen, you're going to hear But it's it not gonna... recognizable. <laughs> Listen, if, if, if you put this album in a lineup, you would say, instead of going Mudvayne, you'd go Mudvayne? It's still us. You're going to know it's us. All right? Our fingerprints are all over the body. It's Have you ever the... had a black bean burger? Okay. It's like that. <laughs> no two black bean burgers are the same. That's it. You ever had a burrito and then you just told him to guac it up? It's like that. It's like, oh, I, I love a burrito, but now I've guacked it. I've guacked it up. I've guacked it up. Um, Quick, quick side note for me. Um, I've been preaching the Del Taco life for a while. Yes, Anytime you have I go to. back to visit Michigan, I will go to Del Taco. I went Last time I visited Michigan... I had Del Taco twice in one day. When Del Taco's common side, without asking, is fries, it's like, this place is doing something right. Absolutely. I, so, yeah, I went there. I went there twice recently. I told Rachel, I'm like, hey, I ended up going to Del Taco twice. Got a bit of a stomachache. And she's like, why did you do that? There's so many places you could go. And I said, well, the shrimp is back. And she said, oh, okay. And to say no more. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So I found out, though, when I was visit I visited with Jenny and Mitch, they live 0. 0.4 miles from a Del Taco. And they'd never been. And I was like, what? I was like, I, I threw a fit in their house. I was like, I'm sorry. I cannot believe you have not gone <clears> to Del Taco. <throat> and Jenny texted me yesterday and said we all had del taco for dinner real good yeah there it is She's right yes i was just underrated 
I'll also say as far as chain restaurants that used to be a big part of my life and seem to just disappear, Del Taco and Quiznos. I haven't seen a Quiznos in real life in like five years. No. I liked Quiznos. I wonder what happened. I think they I think they went under. I think they there are was, done. Yeah, there was a Quiznos around the corner from my house in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. for many years, and then one day it was just gone. And yeah. it, and it be, and it it was and it ended up being one of those locations that couldn't keep a tenant. So like okay. somebody went in there and tried to make it like a cool like hangout coffee shop and they lasted mm-hmm. like 4 months and then they were gone and then yeah. there was trying to be something else and then that was gone. So I mean I could only imagine what's in that spot now. Now what I do yeah. remember about that Quiznos though is that it seemed like everyone who worked there didn't get trained. They just showed up <laughs> yeah. and they said, "Listen, you just got to yeah. put it in the griller and let it roll through and then you hand yeah. it to them." And let me tell you, they they had trouble they were always having trouble. I watched. Yeah. I watched some. I watched some sandwiches go into that grill. Never come out. <laughs> and they had to do it again. <laughs> said, Sorry, man. I don't know what happened in there. Things didn't happen. Didn't, yeah. didn't go. I hope you're not in a hurry. I got to do that Look, again. Man, this thing has a mind of its own, and it eats yeah. every other sandwich. <laughs> Listen, sometimes yeah. it just it just they get stuck in there, and then they just get literally set on fire. Yeah. Don't be mad yeah. at me. So Quiznos has downsized immensely there are mm-hmm. currently only 153 quizno stores left in the united states because between 2007 and 2009 a thousand quizno stores closed mm-hmm. and after that another 2000 closed in the in the years that followed so yeah they now why Shrink. did they go out of business? But Subway's fine. It clearly smells like fungus in literally every location ever of Subway. You go in there, and the person behind the counter already has their hand in the lettuce. It's it's like a it's a gross. Listen, I like it still. I'm disgusting, but I still like it. Oh yeah, it. I'm a trash I panda. Think, yeah, yeah, I am too. I I actually even think Jersey Mike's is even better than both of them, and we don't even have that in Canada. I love a Jersey Mike's. Me too. Give me the juice. Listen, oh, so good, guys. I like Jersey Mike's, but I do not enjoy their apparent decision to make sure that they talk to you the whole time. Mm. Um, mm. I don't need it. I at first I thought it was just I had I was dealing with the chatty Kathy. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's fine. He'll, he's just talking to me. And then I told somebody, I'm like, yeah, I went to Jersey Mike's. Guy wouldn't shut up. And they're like, no, that's what they do. And so I oh, haven't, God. I, I haven't gone. Yeah, back. they do have one person there that's like a chatty Kathy. See, that's just dangerous because they actually slice the meats there. Yeah. Pay attention to that. Oh, you're gonna have the wrestler part too if you're not careful just over there. Thinking that, just thinking that. Mm. Ugh. Should we uh, should we, should hop we talk in? about the new game? <laughs> should we just hop in? I, no, let's, I'm let's having hop a great in. time. Let's hop in, I'm having a great time hanging out with you guys. Let's, I don't know. Let's Thank hop you. in. Let's hop in. Um, track one. Uh, let me flip over this destroyed jewel case. Uh, track one. Fish out of water. Let's 
Uh oh. Pit cooled down. Cool down that pit. So right away, the first word that is said, I'm sorry, the first word that is screamed is lies. So I was like, strong start. That's why the pit had to get activated. I was like, you're screaming lies after this intense strumming that is, honestly, less than I expected this album to start with. I was like, oh, okay. We're we're going a little different direction here. Mudvayne, keeping me guessing. That Uh, bass work, by the way, fucking nuts. Yeah. Nuts, hammer on, pull off, crazy technique. You know, Martini had that bass up to his fucking fucking neck, baby. baby. He was had it wrapped around his head like a scarf. Uh, yeah, hot, hot Hot. with that one. Very hot. I wrote intense strumming immediately. You have my attention. Loving the screamed lie. This is how you do it. I wrote Mudvayne back. We got whisper vocals at the start, screamed and chuggy chorus. Uh, I wrote down the uh, the lyric, buy my soul so you can sell me. I don't need this. I don't need you. Trust your lies. Then you betray me. I don't want this. I don't want you. And there's a moody section at 210 that made me write the note, Mudvayne, artists. <laughs> I was in. I was in, you guys. I was in. I was in. Kevy. Oh, go ahead, Oh, Kevy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah Kevy. Um, okay. So... I think it's a good start. I think it is a song that would probably be very good live. And if they had a greatest hits, I could see this going on it. Um, I liked watching Matt's face when the verse started him just like <laughs> lose interest. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, what do you do as a new metal band in 2008? Right. Like you already have so many albums. The pressure is there to be weird and freaky and, and all this stuff and like, you know, all those reviews just kind of went after his lyrics about being like use, reusing the same sort of like terms and stuff. And I actually just watched this little documentary in Deftones and Chino said like when Corn came out and they were big with tortured lyrics, I chose to go the other way so I wouldn't have to do that for my whole career. And I feel like bands like this get stuck in that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so it's really hard to be fresh with it. I thought the intro to this like was like a unique, cool, little, interesting um, instrumental section. And then his vocals, he was doing like vocal triplets, which is like hip hoppy kind of. thought that was interesting. Um, satisfying chorus. I think this is one of the better tracks on the record, in my opinion. There we go. Matt. Well, you did see life leave my face when we got to the verse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Because, it, well, it was weird because it was like, it is not Tool Town. No. But it is a neighboring suburb. Because, like, Tool's its own thing. This does not go to Tool Town. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I've seen Tool Town. I've, have we, yeah, we've gone to Tool Town once or twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to take it back and we're going to make, we're going to put it where it is. Chad Gray's fucking scream. 
A yeah. plus. A great screen. Fucking great screen. plus. Yeah. Great. And the fish to water. Not yeah. my favorite. Not my yeah. not my favorite after liar. You scream yeah. liar and then it's and the fish out to water. That that that's made my face sink. But if that lyric bothered you, you're in for a treat later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. You oh know, boy. I'm talking referencing quotes from The Shining and stuff like that. Like where it's like I could see as a songwriter you being like, okay, people will remember this lyric. <laughs> it's like a phrase, you know, people use. Okay, well it could mean this. I could get that, and then you lay it down, and then people are like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I lo- I had not looked up the the new game tour on setlist.fm. Uh, surprised to learn when they initially kicked it off, there was only one song from this album being played. <laughs> And then as the tour went on, they added a second song. Um, but uh, the majority of the of the set list was from LD50. They would open with Not Falling. They did a new game and Do What You Do from this album back to back uh, around track five of the set list. And then they would go back into it. And then they would close with the World So Cold Happy Dig. So, Sick. yeah. Sick. Oh, uh, they also did Determined. I mean, honestly, this was probably still a hot fucking show. I mean, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, honestly, listen to this: Determined, nothing to gain, world so cold, happy dig. I'd walk out of that show with a skip in my step. Yeah, yeah. I, nothing to gain is my favorite Mudvayne song. That was the first one I ever saw them play, and I, it was so. It had like wah guitar in it. It was so strange, and yeah, I just, I really, it made me a big fan. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you? Uh, just sorry, to, sorry to go off the tracks again. No, no worries. Um, Guns N' Roses are touring again, and a lot of the set is Chinese Democracy. Isn't that insane? That's nuts! Yeah, it's like like five songs off Chinese Democracy, which, by the way, I suggested for this episode here, but apparently you guys weren't into it. I'm not, I don't really get why, but... Another 2008 uh, release? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what? I I think one day we will get around to it, Um, but, you know, every now and again, we get these letters, and people will say things like, when are you guys going to do new metal again in the show? And I'm like, aren't we? And then I'll like look back and I'm like, I guess we did some not so new metal. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. we're just sticking it. But rest assured, because you are not the first person to say Chinese democracy okay. when. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know. 500 reviews, Matt? It's All right. Every- <laughs> I like how every milestone you guys torture yourselves for the enjoyment of us, the fans. It's great. Uh, we're here for you. We're here for you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes it goes the other way, though, because I kind of think you guys like that Insane Clown Posse album when you listen to it. Um, I had an all right time with it. I, I oh. Once again, I go back to I don't really like the Calliope Carnival sounds, but I do enjoy how deranged shaggy two dope is you know you know it's like i got a machete which came with a second machete killing the family (laughs) with a yeti and it's like yes this guy gets it i will tell you i interviewed those guys for a fashion magazine in canada once and for the next three years i got christmas cards from them so how about that detroit wow that's fucking amazing i love it pretty cool i love it yeah i love it um i went to songmeanings.com of course you did and i gotta tell you some wild shit in there you guys this but song also some... is about not fitting in in the place <laughs> you are for going it's almost as if you were a fish out of water okay matt you joke 
Of course. Uh, it's called Song Meanies. All right. Okay. The Mad Bag said, I think this song is about the music industry and how it changes artists. I'll try to pull out a few backing lines. The fish out of, I'm a fish out of water suggests that he won't allow the process getting signed and produced changed him like it changed everyone else. I'm going to push back on this a little bit. This is album four. They are clearly changed in significant ways from album one. Yeah. The Mad Bag. I'm just going to point that out. He's not called Club anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> None of them it's sound like gargle nice. noises anymore. I'm sorry. It's nice. I'm not shut anymore. Um, my name is... My, I have a name. He says... He says uh, it's Chad Gray. <laughs> Uh, you know, I gotta imagine you go into like your fifth or sixth interview where they're like, "Do we call you Spag?" And he's like, "We gotta get rid of these fucking nicknames right <laughs> yeah. now." I'm a human being. I'm a man. Um, I'm a man. Buy my soul so you can sell me. This is the line that made me think of this interpretation. The label buys him with a contract so they can shape and sell him. All these fallen angels refers to all the other artists in the industry that sold themselves, that stopped making music the way they wanted and enjoyed most in exchange for the fame. All those fallen angels hanging up there for us to see. I could spend a bit more time trying to tie every line of this song into this meaning, but I'm not going to because this isn't what I hear when I'm listening to the song. Mm. I hear anguish over following a lead that you don't agree with. Anger over having to listen to a teacher who's teaching you just to help themselves. I hear the reason to follow myself and drop those assumptions that the attraction of fame and popularity build into you. Okay. Fair mm. enough. Potato232323 said Mudvayne is the best band ever. Also, they look awesome with their face paint and stuff. I'm mm. British. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yep. And then uh, this one is from the very unfortunately named Darky Ninja, who said, I see more religious meaning it with the biblical allusions and the reference to buying one's soul. I saw it as a denouement of competing religions. I don't know if that's what denouement means, you guys, but I'm going to leave it to old Darky Ninja. I think it's now time to go into track two. Let's do it. Do what you do. Do what you do. don't think Mudvayne is this fucking band. This is not Mudvayne. I understand this is on a Mudvayne record, but like, no. No. Although, <laughs> Ryan Martini is playing the fucking shit out of that yeah. band. They're like, oh, you're gonna play four chords? Don't worry. Yeah, it does sound like he's bored and entertaining himself. Very much so. <laughs> Very much like Look, I have way too much technical prog prowess to just, like, let this be the ballad that you're trying to let it be. 
let me ask you a question, Matt. Do you really, does it really bother you when bands that are heavy try and be soft? Does it just put you off? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, before we started recording, I had mentioned how much disdain I have for the power ballad. Yeah. And that is like truly when the, the hard rocking band tries yeah. to slow it down and the broadening, the broadening of their audience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. But does it reek of desperation to you? Like they're trying to have a hit or a lot like, of times. Is- yes. It's like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a couple good, like for, for as fucking shitty as I think Chris, uh, Chris Rock is no kid rock is Yeah, for as fucking terrible. I kind of believe only God knows no, 100%. why he's that, guy. He, he's that guy. He is that guy. Yeah. But I hear something like this and I'm like, yeah. Is this who you guys are? I don't. Yeah I, mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, but it's like, what are they supposed to do? I know. I like, know. That's the thing. You know, I, I don't have a good answer. For this. Yeah, no. And, and I feel the same way as you, but also like, and Lauren, I'm interested in what you think of this. Like a band like Mudvayne, where you establish yourself early on and develop your fan base as a freaky band, you kind of can't have any fun in a lot of ways. Like, like I will say that, and like if Mudvayne covered a, an ironic song, their fan base would be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Right. Don't do that. Do, do math beats and then mm-hmm. riffs and scream." It's like Marilyn Manson can get away with more fun than these guys somehow. Like Marilyn Manson can cover a, a '80s pop hit, and like everyone's like, "Cool," but Mudvayne have even less. You know, they they can go even less directions. Is what I'm saying. I ba- I, ba- I basically am saying, and like. What are they supposed to do? Right. Album four, and then they released another fucking album the same year. Why would you do that? First of all, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I would say I don't mind. I don't mind a band necessarily slowing it down if they yeah. feel like that's what they want to do. Yeah. And the thing that I'm always frustrated by is when a band is at war with what they're actually really good at and they've decided to like completely abandon that to go in this other direction that no one asked them to do and i feel with this this feels to me like a pretty natural progression from where they were heading on lost and found and lost and found is a big old hit so them going to this angle doesn't really surprise me i wasn't thrown by this decision because i was like hey lost and found fat old hit and you know that and also as we go through this there's a bit of a balance of like these type of songs mixed with yeah. like some crushers um totally. also if i could just go back to this quote from uh from chad gray who said that the album is not light years away from what we've done in the past but it's not the same so far he's not lying he's not lying he's, well, not he's lying. telling the truth there okay so then and this is the hard part about fandom over time right because at some point with a band you put your stick in the stand of what you like about that band. Right. Yeah. And either, you know, you, you can pick it up and kind of go down the river. But sometimes if you're just like, this is who I want this band to be and what I like, they keep going. The river keeps moving and it's getting farther and farther away from you. If you're like, this ain't dig. You're right. It ain't fucking dig. And it's mm-hmm. never yeah. going to be dig. And it can't be dig anymore. Cause dig yeah. is dig. And this is do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But then I also loathe that. I'm like, you do what you do and you did with the oh. thing that you do in. Matt, the thing about I love about this chorus though is that you can tell that they like were like, we're fucking crushing it. We did it again. <laughs> like like they, like high fives around the room. Like Fortman behind the glass, just like it's like, like give me more thumbs to give more thumbs Martini's up. Like, face is so high it is cutting <laughs> blood off to his head. So, um, now, now, the other funny thing about this song is that there is an incredibly Alice in Chains sounding solo at 210 that's, that I will not make Matt listen to. That's the I other thing is that we are, I'm getting a mild changing, mild mm. at this point. If you did to the chorus, Matt, you'd be an overwhelming changing. Oh, not to the, if you got to the solo, it'd be an overwhelming yeah. changing. But there, it's true. There is this thing that it's just like, and maybe it's the, this type of song has a sound that every time I hear it, I just tune out. Yeah. And and I don't know, like, who was the first band to do it, but it's like it's been here for a long time. Even in the 90s, this song, late 90s, this song existed. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Creed has a version of this song. Alice in Chains has a version of this song. You know, Puddle of Mud has a version. Stained has a version. Like, a lot of bands that can do heavy things have a Mm -hmm. version of this song. And every time I hear it, I'm like... You know who has a lot of these songs? Those kind of songs you're describing is Stained. Yes. It's like all the new metal bands that were inspired by Alice in Chains have a bunch of these... like. I just I was just on POD cast. Shout out John Cullen, and we did uh, Drowning Pool. So much Alice in Chains, yeah. except Bodies, which I don't know if you guys have ever watched Rob Flynn's uh, podcast, the singer of Machine Head, mm. but he had Des from Cold Chamber on, and right off the top, uh, Rob Flynn's like, "Yeah, Drowning Pool, that song Bodies, they're ripping you off in Cold Chamber, right?" And Des is like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." So like that song sounds like uh, Cold Chamber, and then. I feel like every other Drowning Pool song sounds like Alice in Chains. I hear these guys dip into it, but I think they're a little bit more advanced musically and they yeah. want to do crazier things. And I do think they're fucking awesome musicians. Big it's time. Just, yes. I feel like it's all, there's so much pressure on the lyrics and vocals to do something interesting. And how can you really, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, did you have a chance to watch the music video for this song? I, I watched, oh, no, I watched the 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 first single, like the the title track where they were dressed uh, like carnival barkers. Okay, yeah, we will get to that <laughs> one. <laughs> we will get to that oh boy. one. Oh fucking um, boy! So the music video for this song, uh, a female forensic scientist appears to be looking at evidence and photographs, along with insects and rock and glass shards. Some of these are photos of the band, and then we are whisked into a performance space where the band performs without Chad who appears to be trapped in an animal cage while wearing a very flamboyant coat. Random fireballs appear around the band throughout, and at the finale, the scientist screams as her evidence wall explodes in a spray of gas, of glass and more fireballs. And I, I watched this, and I was like, the thing that struck me was, I was like, why is the band performing here and Chad's in like a cage, like a like an animal. Like he's literally like shoved in this cage. He doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. He, he's like on his side. It, it's one of the more one uncomfortable lead singer 
performances because i was like <laughs> unless he's got like a, a pad under him that we can't see which he might have had i don't know mm-hmm. but it just looks very uncomfortable just him in this but also he's like i gotta wear the coolest fucking coat and they're yeah. like in the in the cage give me the coolest coat you got <laughs> all right this has got this red fringe he's like i love it put me in the cage so i thought that was a weird music video you know also they have the the female scientist is clearly like a model like they were like yeah. cast a hottie but then they mm-hmm. put her in like glasses and a mask and anything so you can't even tell oh. that she's a hottie until she takes her mask at the end to scream because the explosion's happening very weird decisions all around not my honestly it's not really a fan of any of these videos that they kind of whipped it on a lot of these videos but mudvane have famously done some very bad videos i think there was a video on the second album that i think was like the worst music video i've ever seen oh the, the animated yes! one yes yes it, it seemed like fan art and you find out it was an official video yes yeah yeah so not <laughs> as bad as that one but not great um this was the most commented on song on songmeanings.com 17 comments i gotta go to this one here this comment it's from cgenator9999 this was downvoted five times. <laughs> I'm not a judgmental person, especially when it comes to bands and their music. Oh, we're in a trouble. lot of times, bands are chastised for changing their styles and whatnot. When it is just the band finding new dimensions of their music and progressing their style, etc. I completely believe in the right of every band to change their style and play the music that suits them and experiment with softer and sometimes more commercially appealing sounds. Okay. That seems pretty reasonable, right, guys? Why is it downvoted so much? I don't know. Why why is this downvoted so much? Well, um, that being said, this is the most blatant sellout I have ever seen in my life. I refuse to defend Mudvayne for this. They didn't even try to be coy about it. They blatantly made their music into pseudo-pop. This makes me very sad because I predict that many bands will go down this very same path soon. (sighs) Wow. You mean... Other bands will change their style to make money? I will defend any band who wants to go in a direction that suits them. Except for Mudvayne, you fucking sellouts. <laughs> you dumb cucks. How I want, I, dare you? I'll leave you yeah, dying you do in the ditch. Big, you do the, the dig baseline. You get the fuck out of here. That's right. Let's see. Some people think this is about uh, the government and the election because the election just happened. This person, Sephiroth, says, sounds like a relationship that went bad or never even started, but the person got turned down and he is pissed off and is saying it don't hurt and how he is changing and just don't care and wants to erase the past because it's over. Erase the past of being rejected quickly. (laughs) I just like how all these comments are really telling as to what's happening in that person's oh, life oh absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah castu i said, think this song's about a guy who just left his job <laughs> yeah his job down at the the corner of a mac and 16 mile <laughs> um just you know left it because he was yeah. fed up with steve um, and his girlfriend say he's plays too many video games he i don't play too many video games um <laughs> Castu said, I love this one I like. This one immediately, I was like, oh, definitely marking this one down. Said, ooh, it's a song about a simple sentiment. I'm fucked. You fucked me over. I'm leaving. Not difficult. Nice. I was like, okay, fair enough. And these are all comments from September 2008, October 2008, January 2009. You know, all these, very brown. Then we have a comment from May 5th, 2022. (laughs) Yes. What is it? 
This song is very clearly about MK Ultra and Monarch programming, a big part of the mu- big music industry. He's specifically talking about the trauma-based mind control that causes personality splitting, a means of control. He even talks about the trigger words used to spark these different personalities. Many of their songs are about the government and MK Ultra, and one of their music videos even has clear, dramatized footage of interspecies cloning, along with those same monarch butterflies and moths you see in so many of their other videos. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty nuts. Then they responded to themselves and said, ha, I just looked up the music video to this song, and it's the one I was talking about, full of lab chemistry, how they clone, him in a cage wearing fur, looking like a monster, interspecies abomination, that monarch butterfly, pictures of them hanging up on x-rays and ID files, I'll let you figure that out, and other stuff I'm not going into. Awesome. Wow. Wow. When QAnon accidentally goes to songmeanings.com. I'm just saying, uh, this song reeks of adrenochrome. I'm just saying, you guys. Mudvay knew what was going on in 08. You know what I will say? You know how there's a there's like a, a trend on, on Roach Coach of the comments being like, wake up, everyone. You don't know. It's like, I feel like Mudvayne's fans are like the pinnacle of those fans. Because the, it's kind of like, they're like, Mudvayne is the band I discovered. It's my band. So they're speaking to me, and you guys don't even get it. Mm. Yeah. And Mudvayne has not really ever complicated their narrative with <laughs> anything beyond, like, it's either, like, the early albums are, like, you have that genome stuff. It's in the Dig video, whatever, genetic yeah. splicing. But also... A, hel- a healthy amount of like we killed a woman and we're burying her in a lawn somewhere you know you've got that mix yeah, yeah. but then album two it's like oh no we're aliens buddy straight up <laughs> yeah, eyes to the exactly. sky you know exactly. and then album three they're dipping into relationship stuff but they're also talking about like existing as a band and being determined yeah. and like motivational stuff but that can still coexist then you have a band yeah. like head pe who are like open yeah. your third eye pyramids look at your dollar bill all this stuff going on also we gotta get high we gotta yeah get and so i'm high. gonna sleep with your wife also i'm gonna sleep with all your wives <laughs> and then everyone's like wait a minute there's a lot there's a lot happening here i don't know what to keep an Here's eye a on a song about oral cream pies let's go <laughs> boom yeah i'm just in your wife's mouth also yeah. wake up the government is controlling you and it's like hold on hold on you violated my wife i don't know if i can yeah, listen yeah. to you Let's anymore. go back to that yeah. not done talking about that thing you did to me i yeah. doused your spouse and now <laughs> let's talk about that third eye um also i saw head pe two years ago jared was just hanging out met him very nice person also um the guy that produced ld50 garth richardson i worked in his studio uh, a few times and i asked him about it and he said that he doesn't really remember much about it, except they mic'd the bass strings. That's interesting. They wanted it really clicky. That's kind of interesting. Hmm. That yeah. that is interesting. That is cool. You just trivia hung out, hanging out with old Garth. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, believe it or not, you guys, we're only on track three. Okay, and sorry. So let's no, no, no. No, no. No, no. You you have listened to this. You've show. listened to the show. You know, no need to apologize. I'm just I'm just putting a little signpost in, but okay, everybody okay, know. Okay. You know, if somebody right. was listening to this album on their way to work. That's now like Wednesday of the following <laughs> week, and they're like, "All right, they're on track three. Here we go." Yeah. Um, we're talking about the title track, "A New Game." Right.
I can tell. Wow. I can tell you're feeling that one, buddy. Of course I am. Of course yeah. I'm feeling that one. I'm, this that song fucking rules. That's, that's the best song on the record, I think. It's that is a crusher. Yeah. Like like again, their musicianship is top tier. Like they have excellent musicians in this band. Yeah. That is so fucking tight. Like yeah. recorded perfectly. His vocals on it are great. Like that that type of song gives me that old ministry feel too, where I'm just like, Yeah, mm, this is delicious yeah. food for me. Like I'm home, I'm warm. I love this. There was um, a, a Pantera record called Great Southern Trend Kill. And it was like whenever all the other bands from their genre were going softer, they decided to go heavier and embrace like black metal and stuff. And this song felt like their version of that to me, you know, because they'd had radio hits at this point. But I like that the title track of the record is like that song, you know? Yeah. I wrote in my notes, chug it up, boys. We are rocking. Uh, Hunger lusting they're thrashing here mudvane they're back i loved yeah. it songmeanies.com and genius.com both are unsure if this song is from the pov of a serial killer or a pedophile or about killing a pedophile as a serial killer mm. i would say all the comments are pretty gross and sick we don't need to read them everybody right. is everybody's getting real like well let me let me i'm pretty sure let's talk about that for a while i'm like you know what let's not talk about that Let's not talk yeah. about that at all. I now, don't think we... you're saying enough about the victim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we will talk instead about this music video. Um, Kevin, you oh, talked about it earlier. Yeah. Uh, this, this, music, on. this is a, the band performing on a large peppermint stage. Um, yeah. Once again, without Chad. He's elsewhere. The mm -hmm. band is dressed like candy stripers. Yeah. Um, Ryan Martini has his face painted half black, half white. Chad is dressed like a clown and a ringmaster and is frequently surrounded by men in white t-shirts and jeans running in circles. This video is bad and stupid. Um, and I got big lead singer disease vibes from Chad on this one because I was like, why is he not in the same room as the rest of the band? Why is he surrounded by, I don't know, the cast of Grease? or whatever like doing this the whole thing seems ill-advised plus by 2008 2009 the white stripes have i'm pretty sure completely absconded with the entire yes. peppermint color scheme that is exactly what i was thinking what are you guys trying to do here it looks like the cover of the white stripes album with all the ninjas on it uh it, it, it's i i can the 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 wardrobe in this video, I, I just don't understand. I feel like the whole video is directed by a wardrobe person. Do you know what I mean, yeah. Lauren? Oh, oh it's yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. why is there a mosh pit of white t-shirts and blue jeans, but everyone else is dressed like a carnival barker? And you're right. There's like a lot of peppermint imagery. <laughs> like, what? What? It, it seemed like, it, honestly, it seemed like one of those mistakes that happens where there's just like a miscommunication down the line and the person... <laughs> that maybe had the original pitch yeah. that was maybe a little darker, a little more twisted. Cause I think they probably wanted like a twisted carnival, a new game, you know, Ooh, they you wanted a little, bit twisted? little bit twisted, a <laughs> little bit creepy, you know, but if you lose the one guy in the, in the run who was ready for the twistedness, and then you just get somebody else who just looks at the call sheet and is like, 
all right, so you're dressed up like a circus guy and candy. Got it. And it's like, oh, no, everything's gone wrong. I'm always reminded of the ill-fated old boy remake that Spike Lee did. Are you guys familiar oh, with this? Yes. Oh, I forgot that happened. Yeah, I know. It's really been lost to time. I think that's intentional. And in the original old boy, there's an incredible fight scene in a one take fight where the Is this the, the hammer one? The hammer scene. Yep. And in the original old boy, this is incredibly brutal fight scene. They just go up and down this hallway, hitting each other, killing each other, hammers hanging out of people's backs. It's incredible. And it's all one take. So when this new one was coming out, everyone's like, was well, it going to have the hammer scene? And they're like, yeah, it's going to have the hammer scene. Don't worry. We shot it all in one take. Then, for some reason, during the edit, which I believe Spike Lee did not have final cut, they put a cut in it. So oh. right away, you're like, wait, why would you do that? Yeah. But then what seemed to be the big mistake was is that based on my viewings, I've seen Old Boy a couple times. I've seen the new one once. The people that he's fighting against in the original Old Boy are all martial artists. And the people okay. he's fighting against in the remake are dancers. So there is this weird disconnect where you don't really feel like anyone's really being hurt and everyone's moving just a little too fluidly choreographed. Mm, and right. you're like, yeah, they need to be this need this is a knockdown drag out kill fest. Not not, not yeah. whatever you're doing. And right. so when I watch this, I'm like I'm just looking at all these guys running around him and thinking like Greece, you know, and I'm, I'm looking <laughs> yeah. at it and I'm just like this is not there was a miscommunication. I, this is I'm not little, summer, summer loving. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking at I'm just I'm just trying to imagine like Mudvayne sitting down looking at Final Cut and going, sure. But then I go back to that animated video. They greenlit that. So I guess they probably yeah. were just like, well, we paid for it. Put it out. It's, it's weird how they will do things on their albums and songs that take a lot of care and then really phone in other parts in weird ways. Mm -hmm. You know, like like that video that we keep talking about, the animated one, I feel like it was like, guys, we need a music video. We have to have one. It's like, ah, yeah, that one, fine. You know, and then other times, like, this is going to be a board game and a whodunit and like all this weird <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, right. there's no rhyme or reason for when they care and when they don't. And I, I, I keep getting the feeling on this album. It's weird because they're kind of checking all the boxes of what their fan base would like. But I do feel like <laughs> there's a, every song they're like look guys this isn't going to be anyone's favorite mudvayne album let's just try our best and we'll see what happens and then that's why it's weird they put out another one like a year later it's it feels like this should have been the last one right and let me tell you that other one which i have physical copy of okay i would say even more gimmicky than this the next one yes it's got like black light shit yeah. and all this stuff yeah saying. it's nuts that's kind of that's pretty cool like yeah. it's cool artwork mm -hmm. yeah so the music videos, I'm so curious what those are like. I mean, I'm know? sure it's just like a guy in a room with like a strobe light waving it around. <laughs> They're just like Brian Martini just playing his bass on his forehead. Over his head at <laughs> yeah, this point. Probably. <laughs> um, I want to go real quick just to the uh, little script that's underneath the CD, which since I did break the CD in fucking half, let's just uh, read this real quick. In the town of Danslow, there is very little to do. You have the diner. The movie theater, Main Street, which is usually closed by 9 p.m., and then Tweak's Tavern, which you usually can't get into unless Mick is working the front door. 
Danslow is a sleepy haven where people come to raise a family protected from the sins of the outside world. The houses are very similar and all in tight little rows. Main Street runs through the entire town and empties at the textile mill, which employs most of the adults and a large number of the teenagers who live there. People quit all the time because of Charlie, the fat, sweaty, cigar-chomping pervert who runs the place. He's racist, sexist, and homophobic, and anything else you can stick on him. Why are we doing this? <laughs> you, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Why, why did they... I don't know. I, there's a lot of questions here. And the yeah. fact that there's no digital footprint for this game leads me to believe that not many people Nobody played, played it. it. And then they were like, you know, they, they, they were, it was, it was, uh, this is VCR clue. You know what? <laughs> yeah. It, it honestly, I just hear, I hear, um, I hear Lars Ulrich's dad on some kind of monster. I exactly. hear Varner Herzog and Grizzly Man. Delete yes. this. No one should ever see this. Like, that's what I'm hearing. Um, yes. We'll dip into more of that incredible storyline as we go along. But it's time oh, or for... Or not. Or not. The next one, it's Have It Your Way. love for have it your way so through this i've been trying to kind of i think what kevy brought up when we were talking about do what you do and i was like what would you have this band do and then yeah. i'm in Mudvayne, and i'm like what would be interesting for us to do what if we wrote a power pop song what if we wrote a pop punk song mm. but we did it our way and you have it your way. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah, We're doing, doing this. Because technically, this is way better than 98% of power pop and punk songs. Wow. His voice mm. does not lend itself to the style the same way. But it has a very offspring tone to it, which was unexpected. Yeah. Um. But I, I found it kind of charming, and I liked it. <laughs> there Which you I'm have sure it. was their intent. Let's find a way to make Matt Noss say that this is charming. 
what a pleasant surprise mm. and you enjoying it is making me enjoy it i love that what do you think lauren uh you know this one uh right away i saw the title and i was like well is this a burger king reference and then it is <laughs> which is really surprising but then i dug into the lyrics and it's clearly about bush 2 the afghanistan iraq conflict and i'm like okay all right and i thought it kind of rocked but the clear burger king reference of it all it, it was hard for me to imagine being like hyped for it and like concert you know what i mean like i couldn't see myself like singing along like have it your way i don't know like it's it seems like maybe too clever by half uh but then i went on setlist.fm they never played this song live ever Huh. Um, so Sorry, Matt. that was hey, strictly, that's for okay. the, strictly I get to have track. that moment of the major lift that I heard at the beginning of this song. And I was yeah. like, yeah, this, this so, is like, Hey, we're this very technical band. What yeah. if we took a very simple style, but we did it Ooh. our way. And then like, I think this is what they do. And I found that to yeah. be interesting. This is the surprise for me. Didn't think this would be the one for you, Matt, but here we are. Here so, we are. Matt, now that you know that they're not going to play your favorite song in concert, yep. are you still going to go see them when they come through your city? Do you guys still go to shows like this? Like, Because you were doing that for a while. You guys went and saw Head P.E. and mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, I'm trying to go as much as I can. It's just that a lot of the time, it's like if it's if it's on a weird day, if it's like during the week, yeah. like there's a – dropout kings uh show coming up pretty soon but i think it's yeah. on like a monday or a tuesday and i'm like god damn it guys like uh like just after a long day of working and then i gotta like go down there and i'm like yeah. the guy's gonna have baseball bats with the nails in it like oh boy <laughs> you know glitch gang's happening it's like am i gonna be awake enough i don't know um but i mean like i would like to honestly the, the mudvane tour sounds sick i mean mudvane yeah. cold chamber guar um Butcher Babies. There's somebody else in there I think is good, too. I'm blanking on. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, sounds hot. I would go. I mean, that you know, I'm going to try to go see Limp Bizkit at Louder Than Life. I mean, that's that's my plan for that. But it's 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 all just, you know, once you get these kids. You yeah. Know, yeah, that's, get, uh, that's what that's, makes it pretty difficult for me right now is that my wife travels for work. And yeah. if it is on anything other than – and that's the other thing is because – then that's the only night I really get to see my family all together. Yeah. So then yeah. like I had COVID was a real bummer for everything. Cause it was like, once things seemed like they were getting back to normal, I bought idols tickets and, oh, yeah. and I was like, all right, I'm going to go see idols. And then like two weeks prior, it was like everybody I knew got COVID. And I was like, yeah. I guess I'm not going to go to idols and risk oh, it. Man. <laughs> so yeah. So like that, like I wanted to see Pool Kids and Origami Angel, like they toured and I was like, I want to see that show. And I was like, yeah, but then it happens on a Thursday and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm not seeing that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I just want to be in the back of the room. Yeah. nursing and amp still light and right love it. i was gonna say i love how you guys still keep up with such current music that's really cool i appreciate that thank you yeah I, well i love yeah. music like yeah i may not but you know what's funny like I, I i'm in a band as a job and i'm around career musicians all the time none of them listen to current music they don't they stop everyone i know that does music for a living doesn't listen to music wow I can yeah. I I can wild. understand it. Yeah. But because it just kind of becomes like, you know, we work in the chocolate factory. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but I don't know like I 
I guess that's why I wouldn't work necessarily in the music industry because I would hate for it to ruin my love of music. Totally. totally. You know, like even though we do this show, it isn't like this is our solo stream of income. So we can still be objective yeah. and then I can still be subjective and be like, most of this is taste. You yeah. know, so I get to goof around and I get to talk about taste, but it's just like if you hear habit your way and you're like, this is fucking bullshit, I'm there's no argument that I'm going to make that's going to win you over. But there's cool things happening, combining things that technically should be new metal, like rock and rap, and you put them together, and then you get something like King Cruel, which isn't new metal, but it's still combining hip-hop and rock and folk and... It's it's not new metal, but it's combined them in a new way, and that I, that's what I love. Like uh, th- those kind of artists, like when Turnstile, when I first heard them, I was like, "This is really cool." It's like throwback hardcore, but they'll like they'll like do a thing with Blood Orange or something like yeah. that. It's like the genres are coming together in like new ways, where I feel like there's going to be new genres again, which is really inspiring. I, and yeah. I I'm excited about well I'm ex- I'm excited about musicianship taking. A, a step forward because yeah. I feel like we, we lost ourselves in a while and I had no problem with bedroom producers and yeah. I still love a ton of bedroom producers, but I do feel like a band like turnstile brings this thing in soul glow and like what they're doing kind of bring forward mm-hmm. this, like there's fucking nothing like the four of us, the five of us yeah, in a room fucking doing this totally. And like, but you know, like I mentioned Origami Angel, like, but we can have triggers and we can have pads and we can have yeah. like all the cool digital shit, but it is also going to be backed up by like us together. And it's like, now it's an and instead of like, you're either a hip hop artist or you're a rocket artist and that's yeah. it. It's like, yeah, yeah. now it's like, well, I can be where the fuck I want with whoever exactly. I want to be there. And that's, that's super exciting signing for me and i never thought we were going to get here off of a burger king slogan <laughs> next song next song <laughs> next song a real cinderella story a cinderella story This will come as no surprise to any of you um, that this was the theme song to the Hillary Duff movie, A Cinderella Story. Interesting decision to go with, but you know what? 
Got to change things up. This one, I wrote in my notes, light, strummy, mid-tempo boy, but they bring the heat on the chorus. But this song felt pretty much meat and potatoes, a little bit of that rock and roll that Fortman was talking about. It was mm-hmm. kind of just the, 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 the seasoning of that rock and roll. That's what I got here. I thought this one was all right. Didn't hate it, didn't love it. It was fine. Matt? Yeah, I'm I'm in that space where I'm hearing that one, you know, number one, there's a lot of variety that I wasn't expecting this in this album. Um, like, I did not remember really the last album that well. So I remembered the spacey one a little bit more. So it's kind of like, I feel like my mind is taking a bigger jump to this record than the the half step that it is from the last record. So when I hear something like this, it again, it is kind of that is slower mid-tempo kind of guy. And I'm like, eh. it's, but then it hits that chorus and I'm just like, kind of undeniable. It's like, it's strong as fuck. Like that works. And, and, and again, it comes down to these guys know what they're doing. Like you don't get to four albums unless like you're doing them all yourself and you're funding them all yourself. Like, mm. You're on a major label. You're putting it out in the mid-2000s. Yeah, you're a fucking band. Like, you know how to make songs. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it hits. Like, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but, like, I understand it completely. It hits. Matt, yeah. would, would you have been more and more on for this at, if it had been called, like, We Got the Meats? If it had been an Arby's <laughs> oh, theme yeah, song? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Is that their slogan? Yes. Yeah. Arby's. We've got the meats. We got the meats. Yeah. They are just embracing the trash that they are, and I love them for it. I love them for it. Remember when they made a meat carrot to counter all the vegan options at other fast food restaurants? That's hilarious. You know what? I've had a real up and down relationship with the boys and girls over at Arby's. In 2005, I got incredible food poisoning from Arby's. Um, That was because I did not get a regular old roast beef sandwich my parents got me uh some uh, chicken strips which i think had been <laughs> i don't know where they'd been wait they a minute. Some... were you option, were man? you confused no did my, you think I... that these chicken strips were supposed to be a roast beef sandwich so when they were brown you were like i guess it's how roast beef sandwiches hey, are now matt, matt kevin you're gonna love this story um i was in <laughs> broadcasting school and my pa- and I would get home late, and it was a Friday, and my parents were like, you know what? We're going to have food ready for him, and we know he loves chicken. So we all went to Arby's. We're going to get him some chicken strips from Arby's, some curly fries. he get them when he gets home. So I get home. My parents are like, we got you Arby's. I was like, that's great. My buddy Justin texts me. He's like, hey, want to come over and watch The Elephant Man? I said, let's fucking go. I just got some Arby's. Let's do it. Let's nice. do it up. So I go over to my buddy's house. It's like midnight. We're watching The Elephant Man. I'm eating my Arby's. We finished the Elephant Man, and I'm like, I don't feel so good. So I uh, empty out my entire body in his house, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go home. That was weird. Go back to my parents' house, where I was still living at the time. Uh, proceeded to empty out everything else that was in my body for the next 24 hours. No real sleep. Had to call off of work. And I remember through the haze saying to my mother, I think it was the Arby's. <laughs> and her going, you know, we had to wait a long time for the chicken because it wasn't ready. 
And I was like, oh, you should have. It no, wasn't. It wasn't. So I did not go to Arby's for literally a decade after that. Wow. Went to Arby's about a year or so ago. Was like deciding to go there. Get up to pay. The guy hands me my food, takes my card, then says to me, our machine's broken. Don't worry about it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so I got free Arby's. And Arby's? you know what? Didn't get sick. Arby's get continually sick. seems to be that restaurant that is surprised it has customers. <laughs> like every time you go there, they're like, oh, <laughs> what, are you, what, are, what are you doing sorry, are, are you lost? You're like, I'm looking for Quiznos, actually. Have you seen one? <laughs> oh, sorry. 2,000 of them just closed. <laughs> Here, here's something that's never happened. Waiting in line in the Arby's drive-thru. It's never happened. It's never happened. Never happened. I'm sorry, Lauren. That's all that happens. If you go to an Arby's, it's two things. The deadest place that you've ever been to in your entire life that you're like, hello? Is anybody here? I would like a big Montana, please. Or it seems like it's closed. But there's 20 cars in the drive-thru. <laughs> Everything about the restaurant looks like it's closed. But there's just two people in there slicing that roast beef up. Wow. That's that's the case with our local Hardee's here. Um, oh, nice, the, every time I've gone to this Hardee's, it looks like it's being held together by tape. And uh, the people that are working there seem like they just wandered in and put the uniforms on. And they're like just going to give you what they got. Uh, last time I went there, they didn't even give me my food in a bag. They gave it to me in a uh, styrofoam container that was not branded, which seemed weird. And um, I was talking, I was talking to a guy, the guy who sold me my car. He's a lifetime, like been living in this town his whole life. And uh, he told me he's like, no one knows why the Hardee's is still in business. Like no wow. one goes there, no one eats there, and it has the craziest hours. Sometimes you go up and it's closed. Sometimes it's open. He's like. But, but no one goes there that he knows. He's like, I haven't gone there in years, but somehow it's still open. But the parking lot's never full. There's never a line. <laughs> it's a front, man. It it's got to be. It's got to be. There used to be a gotta sad Thai place in Vancouver that was 24 hours, and it, there was never anyone there. And then, of course, it got busted for being a drug front. Of course it did. So that's got to be what's happening at Hardy. The Kentucky Fried Chicken by my childhood home. You would go there Saturday. Three o'clock in the afternoon. We would like some chicken, please, for the family gathering. Oh, we're out of chicken. <laughs> I love that. I love when that happens. You close at eight. What are you doing for the next yeah. five hours? <laughs> uh, yeah, we have we have mashed potatoes and gravy. Like, who's yeah. coming in and skipping the chicken? Give me the, the nuclear yellow. Mac and cheese. You know, I really wanted some uh, original recipe, but you guys twisted my arm. Give me all sides. Uh, Before we go to the next song, I did want to go to this one comment on songmeanings.com from Top Cow, who said, this meaning is pretty obvious. Out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. I love this song. Sort of beautiful for Mudvayne. Sort of beautiful. I, I will say that, sorry, when it comes to this song, we, I, I don't think you guys often like the sort of mid-tempo bangers. 
I kind of like them. And I think as, as a songwriter, I can hear all the lyrics very clear in the verse. Mm. So I actually really liked the tempo of this song. So you would say as a songwriter, hearing the lyrics clearly and understanding what they're saying is important to you. I just am curious. Yes. I'll just say yes. Um, I will tell you that um, I was texting with Jenny earlier today because I listened to Astro Creep 2000 for the first time. Mm. Um, And there's a song on that album. I believe it's called like Personal Number 9 or something like that. It's pretty early on in the album. The lyrics to that song and I'm just going to quote here from memory, are... <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I kept thinking, well, maybe this is just something he's doing, and then he'll... No. Those are the lyrics. He's like... Well, yeah. That's the sound that my be... son made when he was like one years old and he didn't know any words yet. To be fair, the beginning of that verse started with, yeah! <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, so... Okay, well, interesting. I love the insight from a musician on music. That sounds really <laughs> shitty, as I say it, but I just... Hey, Lauren, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, uh, what, Matt? Matt, what do we got next? The Hated Me. mentioned rob zombie and then boom here's mudvayne doing their version of a rob zombie song listen guys i i really like this one we got some big riff in here we're getting a little more mathy it gets a little chainsy which i was fine with there's a hot beat switch in this song i wrote this is that good shit and also they have this like background vocal talking line so at one point a voice just goes the hammer falls and i was like yes (laughs) that's right the it hammer sure falls, does. baby. I love it. Um, and I mean, on songmeetings.com, all they could think about was that this song is about getting drafted into the military. And I was like, probably, probably getting a little, getting a little uh, political once again. Boys and old mud vein. Matt, what'd you think of hating me? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it ripped. I, I like the, he has a good riff, fun on it. Um, I, I did feel like it was very Rob Zombie adjacent. Like it has that kind of like bloodline in it. Good song. Good song. There you go. Kevin. 
this one felt a little samey to me. Like uh, I like the grooves and and the like you we you guys were saying like the switch ups in the grooves and stuff like that. Um, didn't love the verse sung vocals. Usually I'm the one who would typically like that part. I didn't really like that when I first heard it. I kind of thought guys could have left this one off the record but there's there's some cool riffs it's kind of like that there's that that all music review that you quoted off the top lauren kind of mentioned that everything's pretty good but kind of forgettable and that's kind of how i feel about this i can Mm. i can totally see that because yeah i barely remember anything about (laughs) yeah yeah i mean chung 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 well, I mean, you got to admit, though, guys, that this is not light years away with from what they've done in the past, <laughs> but it's not the same. No, right? true. No, no. You know? True. Yeah. I just, I just want to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I'm really eager to get into this next one. Let's do it. It's called Scarlet Letters. Oh, shit. Hester Prynne, I see you in the forest. You're a lady. Who has a scarlet A? My heart is beating, but the soul is dying. The I really, I really like when uh, you guys ad lib uh, making fun of a song during an instrumental break, and then the actual vocals come in, and it's not much different. Than- <laughs> that is a great moment. Uh, I love it. Um, and I'm always I- coming in cold, baby. I had I no idea. Matt never very good. And you even ad libbed a lyric about the Scarlet Letter, which wasn't that different from the chorus lyric about Scarlet Letters. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's very funny to me. And I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of that song. Matt. Oh, fuck me, dude. Do, I did you... not like that. Okay. Is this song better than, same as, or worse than the book, The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Well. <laughs> Or Easy A, the movie. What do you think? Oh, I mean, I mean, well, number one, you know, I feel like, you know, if we're going to have an expose on Puritan society, this is the song to do it. There it is. Um, Yes. We all read that book. Have we all read that book? Because I have read that book. I read that fucking book. Yeah. Uh, they, like they require you to read that book. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Honestly, it was the worst book I read in college. It was so bad. I read and it in teach- high school. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was my freshman year English class. And yeah, I remember the teacher was really mad that we hated it. Like everyone was just <laughs> sort of like, we all like, came to class and were like, we hate this book. Like we get it, but we hate it. And she was like, yeah, this is an important piece of literature. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we hate this book. Because um, yeah. it turned whole- out she wrote it. She wrote it. That's she, why she, she, yeah, she pulled her mask off. She's like, I'm Hawthorne, I'm motherfucker. I ain't dead. I'm the withered husk of Nathaniel Hawthorne. 
Honestly, if only. If only. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew that's why you had buckles on your shoe, you fucking mm, Puritan. Yeah. Um. No, the thing with that book is that the whole book is Dimsdale, like, sobbing while, like, reflecting on the fact that he, like, had sex with Hester Prynne. He's just, like, so upset. And he's so upset. And, and it's just like, I just can't read any more of this guy sobbing. I just can't. And it goes on and on for just pages and pages Felt i mean endless. sometimes you just gotta get your dick wet i mean <laughs> i mean that's how i presented it in class i was like listen dimsdale he's gotta get his dick wet and she didn't like that interpretation that interpretation no? Was shot no, down she hated that shot down didn't like it didn't like it don't worry i still got my degree <laughs> your mother's so proud my mom's like listen i might have thrown down for old hester prin but i still got that degree Cavi, where do you stand on this one? This is one of those things where I know what they're doing. Um, I didn't really like it, but I think it's well executed. Like the production mm. was awesome. The mix is beautiful. His scream going into the chorus. I, I saw it coming, but I thought it sounded good. Um, yeah, I just, I, I feel like they did a thing like what we were sort of teasing them for earlier, where, where they'll come up with, They'll think of a phrase that people use and then try to make a song out of it. And I feel like this was that. And so yeah. didn't love it. Um, I feel like this, I'm starting to feel like this album is definitely an extension from the the Lost and Found record. Like I feel like they probably wrote some of these songs around that time and then ended up putting them on this record. And I just feel like it's kind of a not as good version of that record. That's how it kind of how I feel. Mm. I mean, yeah. yeah, not to spoil it too much, but I, I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, oh. this is another situation also where, you know, maybe one of them, maybe Chad was reading the Scarlet letter. <laughs> yes. And was like, yeah. I got to put it in. And was he, was he influenced? Did he read like one of those interviews with the Mastodon guys about how oh, Moby Dick influenced Leviathan? Yeah. Leviathan? And they were like, yeah. well, we can't do Moby Dick, so what's another classic? And somebody was like, yeah. "Go to," he's like, "Spag, go to Barnes and Noble, grab everything <laughs> off the classic shelf." Uh, you're in line at Barnes and Noble. Guy behind you's got a fake bullet hole in his head. He's got Taylor Two Cities, <laughs> Scarlet he's got Letter, a stack of classic literature, Oliver Twist. Yeah. He's like, "We're working on our next Mudvayne record, but things are getting a little wacky." Okay, uh, um, songmeanings.com. Everybody in the comments uh, has read uh, the Scarlet Letter, and there's a discussion, you guys. Wretched Remnant of Life said, hey, first-time commenter, here's what I get out of the song, which I love. The person the song is about is fed up with his current situation in life. He feels like his soul is dead. He's apathetic, numb to everything around him. He feels like he has failed as a human being at life in general and is contemplating suicide. He feels that he is misunderstood and misrepresented by everyone and everything. The chorus is him saying, hey, look, I don't want to be here anymore because all you see are my mistakes, my sins, and my scarlet letters, and I can't stand it anymore. Please bear in mind, this is my first interpretation. It's what the song makes me feel. Okay, okay, fair enough. Upperman66 says, If anyone has read Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter, they would understand the meaning of this song. There it is. The Scarlet Letter is a brand and or burden that was forced onto a woman because she committed adultery, therefore she wears the letter A. The person in this song has done something that he shouldn't have, and now he carries that burden. And he doesn't want to affect his loved ones with this burden, so he's going to off himself. Whoa. Uh, whoa. Tyler A.H.M. said, I agree with Upperman 66. I believe it deals with the side of the story that isn't told in the book, Dimsdale's point of view. 
He didn't wear the letter, but the hidden guilt caused him more pain than Hester, who openly wore a scarlet letter. He ended up carving a letter into his chest and then died after revealing it to the town. As said, anyone who has read the book would understand this song. I like the idea that this is like, if you are like reading the scarlet letter and you're like, I need another perspective. And someone's like, Mudvayne. Mudvayne. <laughs> yeah. hey, uh, oh, shit. Let me point you right to... Right over here. Desecrated Mind said, I agree too. It is about adultery, but it is about the guy being left with nothing but the guilt and the undying love he has that he will never get back. I don't want to be here anymore. And Scarlet Letters carved into what once was me, once was yours, no more since he has destroyed her life. He sees no need in continuing his own, just my personal opinion from my own personal situation. <laughs> See what you're Jesus. saying, Kevy? Kevy, he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, this could be about anybody. It could be about anybody or it could be about me. <laughs> but in particular, in particular, yeah, might be this name. guy. Um, and that comment was by Indigo Angel. Yeah. Uh, Despondent said, I agree with Wretched Remnant of Life. Of course, people get off on pretending they know what lyrics mean when we're all just guessing. But what Wretched Remnant of Life wrote jives with what I've always gotten from this song. By the way, these lyrics have hella errors. I don't have the time or inclination to correct them. I love it. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's the wake up sheeple people who are like, you guys don't get it, okay? I'm a little smarter than everyone, so let me help you out here. Yeah. But I'm not actually going to read it. I couldn't be bothered. I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> um, I also love people get off on pretending they know what lyrics mean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. People getting off to it all the time. Dude. You're with your girl. You're like, <laughs> let me you tell know, you we could have think. sex, or I could just nut right now talking about <laughs> what scarlet so letters means <laughs> and your girl's like from the new game by mudvane yeah girl keep talking <laughs> about it <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just i just remembered something and i'm so curious what you guys think of this this mm -hmm. was a band that i showed a girl i was dating when i was a teenager and she didn't like it and it upset me did you guys ever have that where you showed someone you were dating a band you liked and they didn't like it and it made you mad oh that's oh, actually sure. just like the story <laughs> of my life yeah um I, I'm not going to put anybody on blast. <laughs> I once played The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. Classic. For someone. Yeah. Which, if you've ever heard this song, you know, is one of the best songs ever made. <laughs> it fucking yeah. rips. It's so yeah. good. Thin Lizzy's sick. Oh. And they were yeah. like. Especially da Jailbreak. Yeah. Cover and, to cover. And, and they were <laughs> like. rips. They were like, I, I, I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know what you're playing me here. And I was like, I'm playing you. The boys are back in town. For one. Have you not seen Toy Story? Dino's Bar and Grill? <laughs> Let me tell you. And the thing now is that we encounter we encounter the song multiple times since then. Yeah. And yeah. I'll be like, there it is. And they'll just cross their arms. I'm like, unbelievable. It's the boys are back in town. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to put anybody on blast. All right. But you already did. Oh, and I did. Yeah. Final comment. Um, I have to read it because it's crazy, and it's because the name, the username is Scarlet Letter Man ninety two. <laughs> this song's about me. And <laughs> I want to just, I just want to let everybody know this thing is misspelled at a level I rarely see on songmeanings.com. <laughs> just imagine every single word I'm about to read is misspelled. I personally believe this song is about someone who committed adultery. 
spelling question mark and felt deeply upset by it and tried to fix it but the person who he hurt died before they could reconcile and now he is driven mad by the thought of what he did and kills himself i cannot tell you how many of these 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 words are like he is spelled wrong they put two e's let me ask you this is it is there any punctuation in that whole comment or is it one run-on sentence the only punctuation is the question mark in the parentheses for spelling and spelling is misspelled <laughs> that's funny it's a real e cummings masterpiece yeah, yeah it might it might just you know it might just be old e might just be old e might be uh up next we've got dull boy here we go no play makes me a dull boy i'll work and no play makes me a dull boy I'll work and no play makes me a dope boy. No work and no play makes me a dope boy. Live in a secret, live in a lie. Live <laughs> in a dark hole beneath the black sky. Live like a martyr and draw my last breath. Feel like an old man with a knife in my chest. Live like a chancy, live like a thief. <laughs> Heavy's got his face out. Come on, man. This this podcast should be video. <laughs> if we if we had clearance for these songs, <laughs> of course it would be video. People don't even know what they just missed at uh, all. Uh, and we do this every episode. <laughs> we do this every episode. Yeah. Uh, is that, that high is... level dicking around that nobody will ever know? Nobody. About. Nobody knows about us. it. It's just for us. It's for us. Uh, this is the shining reference, Kevy, that you re- wow, you uh, yeah, alluded to yeah. earlier. Listen, um, I want to remix this so bad. How? <laughs> so it has a fucking drop. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is he doing? What... Like it sounds like it's let the bodies hit the floor, and then it doesn't pay it off with a real pit moment. It, it seemed like you were getting ready to do this. Yeah. And it never happened. I'm like the roller coaster is going up the hill. Mm-hmm. We've got it. It is. Yeah. No blade makes. Yeah. Yeah. Getting ready. Get psyched. You. I was waiting for him. The first time I heard it, I thought he is going to step on boy. He's going to go. Makes me a doll boy. Like that's what I was expecting. And instead, they go into a verse, and I was like, okay, all right. Who's also not interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm busy all day. And then I, I go to work. And then I come home. So I'll work and I'll play. Makes me an all boy. And then we go to the movies and the girls are not there. And <laughs> fell asleep. It's a salt and pepper song. Salt and pepper. <laughs> and then yeah. I fell asleep in my father's <laughs> chair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh what Mudvayne, you were so good. I know. You were so good. But this is so corny. Like, But if it would have had a drop, 
I would have been like, not corny at all. This is perfect. Yeah. Why hasn't anybody ever done this before? Mm. I'm going to ask a very general question to Lauren here. Mm. Do you like this album? You know what? I had a good time with this record. Yeah. Uh, I, I would definitely get into it in Canon Talk, but I would definitely say that this was an easy breezy three listens. Yeah. Um, Christ got challenged it. We did it over the speakers. I did a dinner listen. I know people love it when they hear I did. I did a dinner listen to this record. Oh, man. Just fucking yeah. cook. Got, got a plate full of linguine and clam sauce. Put on old. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was straight up Lady in the Tramp in it, bro. Yeah. Wow. Like, there. Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. You got your son uh, there. He's like, what about me? What food am I going to eat? It's like, I made you linguine and clam sauce. Eat it up. <laughs> I was like, wine? I was like, here, here, let's have some nugs and some and some chips. How's that sound, buddy? And he's like, great, you know. Um, I made my son a a, um, a a turkey burger sandwich recently with like all the stuff he wanted on it, and he was like, hey, this is pretty good. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait, it, have things been bad before? Is someone to tell me? <laughs> And he's like, and he goes, "Ah, this is good." I was like, "Oh boy, this guy's this guy's been keeping his opinions to himself and the food I've been giving him." Then Uh, he goes, "It's no Arby's, but I mean, (laughs) but I do have the meats." True story. I'm Ronan and the Arby's. Um, One time, I asked him, "Hey, do you want to go to that place that has the curly fries?" And he was like, "Yeah." And then we pulled up to the Arby's, and he goes, "Oh wait, here." friends he ate he ate this is what he ate he ate the bread of the sandwich and that was it wow he left the curly fries they were too spicy yeah and he left basically just foil with just a pile of meat inside like after i I put him to bed i like yeah i kind of remember when i was a kid thinking the horsey sauce was gross and i really didn't like horseradish and now I love both of those things. Love the so horse stress. Yeah, kind of not a kid's place, maybe, Mm-mm. you know? Oh, well, I mean, that's the other problem is that they don't really have any sort of decent kid's menu. I mean, that's yeah. been the problem. I can't take them to my beloved Euro King because they don't have a kid's yeah. meal. Right. What's oh, Euro King? The Euro King. Well, the Euro King is a local, uh, local place that sells Euros. They also sell a great shrimp meal. Um, okay. And I'm best friends with the Euro King. Um if I'm if I'm not there, if I miss a week, he's like everything okay. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Don't worry I mean, he, about he, it. I'm here. He he recently raised his prices, and he's like, I just want to let you know I'm raising my prices, and I hope that doesn't impact your patronage. And I was like, my man, I'm here. Do not worry. And um and so yeah, so we're like best friends. But I took Ron in there, and he was like, this place doesn't have toys. You know well, what does have point. toys? And I was like, what? He's like Burger King right there, yeah. and Burger King is indeed right next to the Euro King. So. Well, yeah, I got mine, and then we just went over to the Burger King and got him some piece of shit plastic toy. <laughs> <laughs> Those were important when you were a kid, though. Oh, that they are. Exciting, oh, yeah. You know? They are, yeah. What's yeah. really great is when he makes a big deal out of it, and then we go there, and then he opens it up, and it's one he's already got. And he goes, ah, yeah. I already yeah. got this one. Yeah. Oh, well. That's how, he says, that's how he says it. He goes, oh, well. That's cool. That's a oh, good idea. Okay, I like that. That's good. Yeah. Could go a different way. Totally go a different yeah. way. I wrote in my notes that this song, that the pre-chorus is better than the chorus, which makes it a miss. Because <laughs> it never quite launches. Yeah. And songmeanings.com, only one comment I liked. It was from Priscilla AF. 
So Priscilla as uh, as fuck. Okay. Um, I think this is about a parent or possibly a previous manager that blamed him for the depression or failure. And now that he's famous, they're looking for their cut. But he's telling them he's not responsible for their downfalls. And they didn't help him get to where he is. And they need to back off. Okay. Okay. The, the Dull Boy music video, I found that this song was originally on a compilation album oh. that came out before this um, called By the People for the people and apparently this album had songs picked by the fans and then each song has an intro from chad talking about it i did not learn about this until i was doing notes last night otherwise i definitely would have tried to dig into this more because it's coming after your third album and i just don't know i feel like maybe if this had come out after the fifth album i would get it but coming after the third album and the fans being like yeah, I need you to put "dig" and "determined" on the same album. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a weird thing. But also, this was like a new song That's that weird. they put on that, and then they were just like, "Well, let's also put it on <laughs> our new album." So uh, that was weird. So there's a music video that they made. The, the it appears to have been shot with like TV, TV cameras, soap opera cameras. So it really yeah. looks cheap and janky. I watched this one in the insane asylum. Yeah. They're all wearing various hospital garbs. Uh, Martini is in one of those um, basically long gowns that has an open back. You never see his open back. So I don't cannot confirm or deny whether or not he's a certified hunk. Yeah. I just, <laughs> listen, he is a certified hunk. Okay. Yeah. I've seen the dig video. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was, you know, Winnie the Pooh in it or not, but Chad is in a straight jacket and he's also in a robe putting makeup on his face crazy and at one point he tries to use a typewriter while wearing the straight jacket guys doesn't work oh, oh doesn't surprise. work big surprise Tragic. doesn't work out um that is another one I, I will say in all these videos um that i watched tribit is seems to be just like punching the clock for most of the video he's just standing yeah. where he is but then when yeah. you get to any of the solos in the song the camera's just like let me see them fingies let me see yeah. them fingies i want to see the man at work and then they just stay there while my man is just like working them frets going up and down just like showing off yeah. that he's got the best in the biz i will say i didn't know he was a great guitar player until this album because he really gets some like nice solos like the the title track has a really good solo on it and um you know how in that review there it was saying something about how they're kind of embracing other styles of music this one has some like real thrash metal moments on it and it's mostly like the solos like the instrumental sections yeah Um, i definitely see that because i would say that it's not light years away from what they've done in the past but it's not the same (laughs) i think very true yeah i think that's definitely a a perspective (laughs) yeah um well well let's see what happens on this next song which is called same old Bring it. Yeah, I'm going on 
right. I wrote in my notes that the drums are galloping here. It starts, then it starts again. They're not resting on their lawyers. Their, their lawyers. Whoa. They're not resting on their laurels. And I like this one. They're reaching. I appreciate the effort. There's a pretty sick guitar solo at 345. And uh, I wrote down this chorus. Same old problems. Same old days. Same old story. Same old games. Same old hustles. Same old way. Same old situation. Same old days. Matt? Um, anybody who knows me knows that I did not like the beginning of the song. Um, <laughs> they just took me down to Boggy Depot to throw some chains on me. It's fine. Uh, wow. And- Jerry Cantrell's solo album <laughs> reference. Very good. And uh, yeah, but then he started to, to he kind of screamed the uh, the second part of it, I was I was a little more in tune. Was not expecting that, like that. Um, yeah, but I kind of feel like there's only eleven tracks on this album. But why do I feel like we've been listening to this for a long time? <laughs> well, Matt, it's because we've been talking about Quiznos and yeah, Arby's and Burger King and the I Europe King. But like yeah. sometimes we come back to this stuff, and it's like. Hmm. I'm not I'm not ref, I'm not re-engaged. You know? Yeah. Like I just kind of feel like, okay, if this was if we were talking about all of that with this in the background, we'd be like, that was fine. But uh, yeah. there isn't anything that makes me stop, shut up, and be like, no, 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 fuck play that again. Play that again. Gotta hear it again. I don't have to hear that ever again. And that sucks because they put a lot of fucking effort into it. Yeah. Do you think there's a new metal band that has a good fourth album? Corn. That's true. I love issues. I do. Um, That's a good point, actually. I'd say corn. Let's see. Olympus gets is the unquestionable truth. That's the bad one. That's results. Results may vary. Oh, that shit! I'm an idiot. Yeah, results may vary is the fourth one. If you consider Deftones new metal, that would be their self-titled, which a lot of people love. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it. To me, White Pony was and Around the Fur are my favorites, but I liked it. It was a great album. But I feel like the the bands that were like second wave new metal, although I don't, I don't know what happened with Linkin Park and their fourth album. Was their fourth album good? Oh, uh, God, their fourth album is what? The 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 techno one, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, that's one I feel like I listened to it like a couple times. And Yes, same. And yeah. I think the fourth Slipknot album was the... All hope was, yeah, all hope was gone. That's uh not their best. Um, yeah, it's just tough, man. Like very hard. This feeling, this album is fe- feeling very samey to me. Also, um, that one was weird because it had the "For Whom the Bell Tolls Start Stop" Metallica part in it. Mm-hmm. That was like, is this uh, or is this an homage? Like, is this supposed to feel like the exact same groove? Like. Um, I don't know. It's it's like definitely losing my interest at this point. Yep. You know, mm. I'd say fourth coal, uh, f- fourth coal chamber record. Oh, um, darkest is it? Darkest days. Dark days. Mm. No, no, that's <laughs> rivals. 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 Oh, rivals. that's true. That's true. Rivals I like that. is good. Um, yep. gosh, I'm just like scrolling <laughs> here. Through is it? Notes. Is it good, Lauren? <laughs> is rivals good? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, Matt. Yeah, it is, buddy. 
It's just <laughs> one man's opinion. <laughs> one man's opinion that, yeah, Rivals by Cold Chamber is fucking good. All right. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I think doing a fourth album as a band at all is tough. Very. Like, like what would Nirvana's fourth album have been like? You know? Mm. It probably... Because because they were the the trendsetters of in, in creating a genre and <laughs> where do you go when everyone expects that from you? It's interesting because In Utero is probably my favorite of their albums and I've always just thought it was great and it was like probably my first CD I ever got. Mm. But reading about it now, everything I read is like, oh no, like it was a it was like considered a flop because Pearl Jam was now way bigger than them. I was like, what really? Wow. It is funny to think about. Is that yeah? Pearl Jam were the yeah they were the world beaters at the time. They were they're just so much bigger, but yeah. but it's like the moment that he died, like the entire narrative shift shifted, yeah. and now it's and now looking back on the time period, it's like well, it was all Nirvana all the time. Yeah, and uh, but I mean it also did help though. Like Nirvana had more videos because Pearl yeah. Jam weren't making videos anymore. That's true. Yeah, and then so. they had the Unplugged special, which like set the trend of a, when you're a great band, you do one of those, I guess. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because then they set the bar for the Unplugged, and which... Pearl Jam's fourth album is no code. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I like how disgusted you look. Oh, oh man. Cool. <laughs> Not... <laughs> I remember when No Code came out and this kid in band class came in and he was this guy who was like famously like would act stupid because I think he thought like that was just like the thing. So he would just yeah. act dumb and, and people would be nice to him. And I remember him being like, I got no code. It sucks. And I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. Even the dumb guy doesn't like it. This is tough. Oh, no. This is tough. <laughs> Even the um, dumb guy can be right every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah. yeah. So. Hey, uh, Lauren, how respectful yeah. of our time is this album? Oh, Matt, you're going to fucking love this, man. Uh, 11 this tracks. Album, it's 11 tracks. It comes at 43 minutes and oh, 41 seconds. Can you imagine being on your third listen right now? <laughs> I did three listens. There, there it is. Thir- three listens in a row. Uh, yeah. Is that what you did, Lauren? I don't know. I never. No, but if no. you if you were to listen to the album on repeat or listen to our podcast, you'd be on your third <laughs> yeah. listen right now. On your third listen oh, now. Yeah. I no, yeah. I, I, I always. Now I've talked to some people who've guested on the show and other people that they will some other podcasts they will just listen to the album on a loop for a day or so or just like have it on until they do it. I cannot do that myself. I no start doing my listens like a week or so out and yeah. space it out by days and try to do notes like the day before or a couple days before so it's still pretty fresh. Um, but yeah, I can't do like the, there have been a few albums where just something happened and we had to record quickly and I had to like binge a record and I was just like, this is not how it's supposed to be done. I'm mad about it. But when you listen to those episodes, you can't tell because I'm a professional. Um, so, uh, I think, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really have anything. Um, yeah, there was only one common song meanings and uh, it wasn't that funny. So who cares? Uh, so, uh, next up we got two left. We got never enough. Lady, she's sitting there all alone in your rocking chair. My legs are weary, but I still walk. My hands are so round. 
there we're there we're at the end we got the end of the album blues going on oh first of all was. i preferred matt's melody and lyrics about the wheelchair mm, that was really or... good imagery i like that too <laughs> yeah that was really good i do think that if you do hear this song being played somewhere i'm gonna need to see them lighters okay? that is true I definitely get them lighters, them lighters out okay out. once again this is a real motherfucking deal rye yeah, definitely a real motherfucking deal. Yeah, this is a bad relationship song slash breakup song. Uh, I wrote the lyric down. I was never enough for you. I should have known. I should have known. I was never enough for you. Don't waste my time. I love that. I love that twist at the end. Don't waste my time. Oh, boy. This one, I was like whatever on it, I'd say was my take on it. But then commenter Disturbed69, they commented on it. And this comment was downvoted. They said... Man, this song is awesome. It made me think about my ex who wasted my time. So I think we can all put together who downvoted that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ex, she's in there. Oh, yeah. Indigo girl, she's in there. She's Always downvoting misogyny. Down That's right. Indigo, Indigo Angel, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Like, I hate to be critical of someone's lyrics being, like, kind of trite. But there is this David Cross joke about Creed where he was saying, like, it's just I just don't when I hear their lyrics, it seems like a diary diary entry of from a 13 year old girl, but coming in of a 40 year old man. And that is exactly how this felt. My legs are weary, but I still walk. <laughs> My hands are sore and broken, but I still clutch. My heart is jaded but I still love my cup is empty, but I still pour man. I got to tell you, you know, my man was sitting there like my cup is empty, but what, but what? Just like, he's like cup, half empty cup. How do I twist this lyrically? And that's what he came up with. It's you've kind of feel bad. Like I kind of keep just feeling bad on this album. Near the the back half is a little tougher, and when I saw that one, I was like, "Man, you know, Fortman was like behind the glass, being like, listen, <laughs> something, cup, something. I don't care. I got to get home. Uh, all right, uh, I want to go home and watch Lost, okay? Because that's when we're recording this album. Lost is a popular TV show, and I want to go home and watch it. <laughs> What's in the hatch? Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this yeah. is a tough one for me. I just yeah." Yeah, you know, that's the thing, though, like as an artist, when you've had um, you've had the makeup on and you have the bullet hole wound and then you do a hyper serious song, there's a part of me that goes like, huh? You know, yeah, and it's and and that's probably more on me than on them. But it's just like, is this who this band is? 
Well, that's the great question. And you guys have asked it before. If this was a band's first album, what would you think of it? You probably wouldn't really like it. No. You, you know what I mean? I wouldn't but know it's... who this band is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't leave exactly. this going like, I leave LD50 and I'm like, that's fucking Mudvayne. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's yeah. a statement even, of purpose record. Like, that's even the next record I felt like that about. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's who they are. You hear Corn self titled yeah. and you're like, yeah. holy shit, that's yeah. fucking Corn. Yeah. I hear well, this I think, and yeah, I go, I, mm, I mean, I. It's not I, even like you hate it. You just kind of feel nothing. Sorry, go on, Lauren. No, I was just going to say, like, with the Corn album, I think a key thing to remember about it is that it's something you don't really hear on this album so much, is that Corn has something of a signature sound <laughs> that they're doing. On that so true. <laughs> why, why, why don't other bands have that? Are they missing something? Like... Well, the thing that's key about the Corn. Go on. <laughs> signature something unique about the guitar sound or like so, you, so, you are the fans. biggest fucking asshole in the world I, I was like he's gonna do this and then we're gonna do the bit and nope it was always gonna be the bit uh, so a lot of bands have <laughs> you're gonna keep fucking going dear lister we apologize Okay. That is two and a half hours of right. this podcast. I'm sorry. And I'm here sorry. we are beating a dead horse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I kind of lost it a little bit there. So corn have six uh, don't don't have six strings. <laughs> yep. They have seven. <laughs> Which I believe leads to their signature sound. The corn signature sound. I just wanted to get that out there. People weren't it, it, aware listen, of that. Mm-hmm. It may be a dead horse, but how many strings does that dead horse have? Ah, if there it's it a is. corn horse. <laughs> if it's, it's corn horse. Horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. have you ever ridden a corn horse? <laughs> Don't get me started. What am I doing? Here's the last song. It's called We the People. There we go. Don't think I know Jacko Pistorius. <laughs> Was that Charles Mansion? It sounded like Charles Mansion. Oh, oh hey. Charles. Hey, Charles. Kimmy, how are you, man? Thank you so much good, for. Good. Uh, if you want to rent a VHS movie in my parents' basement, I can get you in. You know, as soon as you get you know past the border. <laughs> <laughs> That's very kind, Charles. I am an A&R at a record label, and I have been keeping my eye on you, actually. Oh, that's so good. 
Whoa, this I've is a big, done, big I've moment. only done four songs, I believe. But they're great. Uh, thank thank you. you so much. I have uh, more stuff coming soon I if I promise wait. it on this show. I guess I have to do it. I have a tab open of your SoundCloud, and it's been open for four years. I appreciate I that. I can't wait. Thank you. I can't wait. Oh, that's amazing. Well, we're going to keep keep an eye on that one. Um, I well, do feel I, like We the People was the most mud veiny mud vein yeah. song on this album. Yeah. I wrote in my notes that we're crunching our way out the door, riff us homeboys. And I got to tell you, these are some top tier wake up sheeple lyrics. These could be songmeanings.com comments. I thought we the people had a brain. I thought we the people had a say. Could have sworn I read it somewhere. Might have seen it on a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you, this is the, the, you're going through, you're going through these weird show me the lighter songs, these weird other decisions, slowing it down. And it's just like, listen, don't worry. We're going to take you home. We're going to take you home with a rocker, with a ripper. This one set me out on a pretty good vibe. I was like, yep. okay, all right. Yep. If this is how you're going to end it. This is how you end it. Well done. Kevin? They do they do that. They're, the final song on their albums is usually pretty sweet and pre- pretty ripping. So I think this is probably besides a new game. I think this is my favorite other song on the album. Yeah. You want to end strong. Matt? You know, uh, like I said, I feel like this is the most mudvaney mudvane song on this. And I feel like it's a good close. Um would have liked to see the tendrils of this one in the rest of the album, but I think we'll save that for canon talk. Okay. Um, yeah. There was only one comment on songmeetings.com, and it is a true, actual, insane novel. Um, oh, is it, it if, about the Constitution and about oh, it's the Bill about of the government. It's about Obama. It's about I mean, yeah, I'm just screaming and down. I see the word Constitution in all caps. I see the oh, word taxes no. in a capital T. The word opportunity spelled very wrong. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is this is all from commenter uh, abysmal, which is also spelled wrong. Um, so yeah, this is a top tier comment, um, which starts with Woot first to comment. Okay. Well, here's how, okay. Well, here's how I see it. It seems he is questioning us. And I was like, oh boy. And then each paragraph starts with first paragraph, second paragraph. That's right. There's paragraphs. So if you've got some time, if you're waiting for a bus, if you are sitting on the toilet and you're like, I need some good old bathroom reading, something to take the time up. Head on over to songmeanings.com for We the People song meaning, Mudbane. Um, but that does mean that's the album, that the is. new game. Hey, we, we listened it. to it. We made it. And now it's the part of the show where we talk about canon talk. Talk about the canon. Kevin, you're our guest. We'll start with you. Okay. Um, so I don't think anything from this album should go in there. <laughs> I feel like for the canon, if you're showing it to someone for the first time so they can understand the genre, you should show the the artist. I think Mudvayne should be in there, but not nothing from this album. I yeah. think it should be stuff from LD50 and then whatever the song is from the second record that was in Ghost Ship. So that's what I think. Okay. I believe the first two are definitely in. I know definitely okay. Dig is in. And I'm pretty sure a bunch of tracks off of Lost and Founder. I know Determined's in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Gotta have Determined in there. My notes for this one. First off, this album largely rips, 
and I want to give Mudbane credit for still ripping. Uh, if there's anything holding it back is that it doesn't have a big ripper. It doesn't have a dig. It doesn't have a determined. It doesn't have a happy. You can feel them going for it in a lot of these songs, but it never quite happens. But that said, there's a lot of effort. I don't think this is a phone in. I definitely had a good time listening to it. And I think Mudvayne are firmly good, in my opinion. But there's nothing for the canon. Matt? I don't think there's anything for the canon. It's very interesting because while we've been we having the conversation about fourth albums, what do you want the band to do? The fourth album does seem to be like a very big, like, yeah. is it bellwether is the word I'm looking for? But it does seem to be like the thing that can make or break the trajectory of the band. Like some famous uh, fourth albums, uh, Led Zeppelin IV, mm-hmm. Tommy, a uh, little guy named Bruce Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. We're talking Hysteria, Def Leppard. Your favorite, uh, Lauren Aerosmith with Rocks. Oh, Let There Can't Be enough of those guys. Let There Be Rock by ACDC and Night at the Opera from Queen, Hunky Dory, David Bowie, uh, Radiohead's, oh, not OK Computer, uh, Kid A. Also, we'll oh, love it. So it's like a very interesting point in time in a band's career. And I feel like Mudvayne is very much still looking for that next step but the step that they're taking it into is not unique to them like Mm -hmm. i felt the first three records were a lot more unique to them and i feel like this record you could call it um funky's new in town and i'd be like have you heard that funky's new in town record and i'm like yeah it sounds like this and it's kind of like well their second record's going to be a lot better Instead of like, this is Mudvayne's fourth effort and it doesn't, it's not taking them into a new direction. It's them doing a direction that isn't unique to them. You know what I will say that is interesting is when they, when they first sort of became known, they were really in Slipknot's shadow because they were signed by Slipknot. That's not happening here. So that's a good thing. And right. I don't think it's happening on the third or second album either. Mm. So it, it is interesting because LD50, I remember everybody just were like always talking about how they're like Slipknot Jr. It's cool they were able to shed that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's the thing. By the time The Lost and Found comes out, they're yeah. like firmly out of it. They're their own thing. Yeah, yeah 100%. Well, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. The The film noir puzzle that's in the CD, yes. you want to put that in the junk drawer? <laughs> Ooh. Well, I mean, it's so destroyed <laughs> that I might as well be in the junk drawer. <laughs> I literally, I found, I, I found. You'll a, never be able to find the parts that you want. So that I found this shard junk over here. As All right. as, yeah. So, All you know, right. give me some glue, you guys, and I'll keep, put this back together. And I'm, um, uh, we never talked about it, but I'm not a crazy fan of this uh, artwork on this album either. Uh, no, 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 nah. Uh, my my grandparents came over from Germany during the war, and they have a stamp on their suitcase that looks a little too much like this. <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah. 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 It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird, yeah, a lot of weird stars with the eagle. And, and but you look at this and you think, well, is this going to be like a, all about, yeah, like the conflict when you're talking about war, but then you open it up and it's like, you want to know about a murder mystery in a small town? <laughs> Have you heard about the sketchy guy who hit on yeah. high school girls? Have you heard about that? Also, Sarah, your best friend's girlfriend, is a suspect too. <laughs> like, what? 
What are we doing? Who's the one who? Who's the one who's so rich? Oh yeah, Ryan, so rich that he's hiring maids because no one else can. I mean, his house must be incredibly clean. So we did it, Lauren. We did it, Kevy. Thank you so much. Oh, this is so fun, guys. Thank you so much for having me, Kevy. Thank you so much. This is a true blast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all the recommendations and the support over the years. Of course, repping the roach out on the road in the vids much appreciated um yeah. i know you just said you just finished a tour anything that you're promoting working on you yeah. want to talk about sure so my band fake shark we just released uh, a new song called save me uh so please check that out wherever you stream music i also produced the audio i do comedy stuff as well i also produced the audio for a new netflix special by a comedian named may martin so check that out awesome very cool awesome awesome <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Roach Coach and all those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, Coach with a K. And until next time, Matt, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Kevy, thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Guess who just got back today? Them wild-eyed boys that had been away. Haven't changed, had much to say. But man, I still think them cats are crazy. They were asking.